Pinder and Steinberg in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Another day of sports radio without sports. 108 on your snowy Friday in the city of Calgary. Logan Gordon along with you for the afternoon. Once again, we will have a special co-host in at 2 o'clock today. Pat Steinberg with the day off, taking the Friday off after a busy and uh, stressful week for a lot of us here. So we'll have a special co-host back in the uh, afternoon seat this afternoon with me starting at 2 o'clock. But, uh, of course, the big news uh, continuing around the, the world and around the sports world is just more cancellations of sporting events and leagues getting canceled. Uh, at a local level, minor hockey programs and playoffs here in Calgary have been canceled. Riley uh, doing a good job on the updates, keeping you up to date with all the latest of big events that are getting canceled as well. The junior hockey playoffs in Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan, all of those uh, being canceled. They won't be played again this year. In golf, the Masters being postponed. It's funny because all of these leagues and all these different entities that that tried and have you know been so, I don't want to say defiant, but have had some pushback. Golf was one of them for a while. You know, oh well, you know, we we had a crowd for the opening round here. You know, we'll, maybe we'll do it without fans, but we should be fine. You know, golf it's spread out enough. We 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 should be fine. We're not going to worry about it. They're now affected. The biggest. One of the biggest majors of the year now postponed, uh, and we don't have a date when these things are going to come back. It's just the foreseeable future that we're going to have to live without these sort of sporting events, uh, apparently all the way down to the local level. And those are the ones I really feel bad for uh, the parents and the kids today and yesterday that had to uh, explain to their kids that you know their hockey season's just done. You know, maybe they go to school with some of these kids that they play against in other teams, but that you know their season's over in the middle of the playoffs. Uh, all the hard work and dedication like that, and it's hard for sometimes for our kids to understand uh, the overall bigger picture and the impact of all of that. So it's uh, it's tough times for everybody around here, and uh, we'll try to bring you some more entertainment throughout the day. Uh, we do have some guests lined up throughout the afternoon. We'll hear from Elliot Friedman, who was on uh, with the morning show, who. Just continues to roll on as though nothing's happened around here. J.D. Bunkus will join us at 5 o'clock as well, and we will have our Daily Flames roundtable at 4 o'clock, the last edition of that for the foreseeable future. Did want to play some audio for you, though. I mentioned it at the end of Hockey Central. Commissioner Gary Bettman was on with uh, Hockey Central at noon in sport in Toronto for Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, obviously a big get for the station. Gary, a busy man right now as his league is currently shut down and doesn't have a return date as of yet. Uh, so he joined the guys in Toronto to discuss uh, a wide variety of topics, what the season could look like if they come back. Um, will they come back? What factors are, are involved in making this call to return to action? When is it an appropriate time for the league to say that we can come back and play again? Uh, you know, consultation with the NBA where a lot of these NHL and NBA teams split arenas, uh, that's a big factor for them as well. As we know, at least one or two uh, NBA players has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so coordination with that league of utmost importance to the NHL. Uh, lots of questions, not a ton of answers, but he does his best uh, to get you 
the latest on what's happening with the NHL's postponement. This is Gary Bettman on Hockey Central at noon in Toronto earlier on today. Well, what we had throughout the last few weeks been constantly analyzing what uh, was evolving, what the situation was, and what our responses need to be, and what all the possible contingencies could be. We were exploring whether or not it was going to reach a point in time we needed to completely shut down, whether or not we needed to take a break, or whether or not or how we would continue to play, whether it was in all empty buildings relative to fans or in partially empty buildings, depending on what local jurisdictions were doing. But in all of those scenarios and in every discussion I would have, uh, either internally uh, or with, with clubs, particularly owners, I always ended with the caveat, you understand that if a player tests positive, we're done for the time being at least. Uh, and so I always understood that to be the case. Uh, when, when an NBA player tested positive and was immediately aware of that, it was clear that the NBA was going to have no choice. And my immediate reaction was, you know, for all of us, all the leagues, all businesses, we were kind of reacting. And I said, at this point, it's inevitable that an NHL player at some point is going to test positive. We're not going to get through the current season as scheduled, and we might as well just shut down now so that we don't get to the point that we have to react the way the NBA did and have a, a building that was full and players not taking you know, the court or the ice as appropriate. And so it was at that point I said, okay, uh, we got to take a pause. Uh, and I immediately um, made arrangements for a conference call with the governors for the next day. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind as to where we were going to be, but there was no reason for me to, at that moment, say we're taking a pause. I spoke to the governors. Brian has been with me enough to know how I operate. And so we scheduled a conference call for, you know, early afternoon to accommodate the West Coast. Uh, and we had a brief conference call. I answered a lot of questions in terms of what the world was going to look like once we took the pause. And the minute uh, the call was over, we issued the release and said we were going to stop playing for a bit. Right. Hey, boss. Uh, so what's next? Uh, and I know we were talking about this before we went on the air. What's a, what's next? What's a drop dead date? I'm sure you can't answer that, but what, what do you envision now? We just wait and see, right? So, well, you, 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 you were with me enough to know. So we, we have an internal task force that, that has been meeting, you know, two times a day in the morning and the afternoon. And we are exploring every contingency We're we're looking out in the calendar to see, well, what's the latest, the last day we could be playing under other scenario, and then backing it up. And what are our options in the time frame that's available? And we're doing all sorts of modeling, whether it's completing the existing regular season as is and then a full playoffs, or whether or not, based on time constraints, we're going to have to make adjustments and do something different, novel, creative. Uh, and we're constantly reanalyzing and reworking that uh, so that's something that, uh, you know, it's, it's like a puzzle, right? And you've got to fit the pieces together. Although the interesting part of this puzzle is you don't know exactly what it's going to look like when you're done. Uh, but 
our responsibility to to our our players, our teams, most importantly our fans, is to make sure we're doing everything right and making sure, you know, that when we come back, and I believe we will at some point because I'm an optimist, it'll be when it's appropriate and when it's safe uh, so that everybody can be comfortable. Um, I'm sure this is a, a big part of the work that you guys are putting in right now, but when you say when when it's safe, what are sort of the minimum requirements or what, what needs to be met for hockey to return? What would make you guys comfortable? I, I think those are in charge of our governments, either in Canada or the U.S., both at the federal level, the state level, and the local level will tell us. Mm-hmm. Right? We're, we're not equipped to, to say you know, the, the pandemic's over. Uh, there are going to be medical people at, at the highest level who are going to tell us all, and, and it's going to relate. Listen, um, I'm in New York. Uh, I'm in the office. We, we have everybody uh, working from home, as do most large businesses now, and I think that's what you're seeing all over. Schools are closed uh, for the next, you know, few weeks throughout North America, and so as those decisions have been made, it's based on the advice of those in charge, and we'll be reliant on them telling us as well. All we can do is make every conceivable plan so that we're in a position to react appropriately. I can I can attest to that. It sounds like I'm uh, sucking up to the boss here, but I can attest to what Gary's saying from working for him. They've got building availability dates on every building in North America. They've got every contingency planned for. I have complete confidence in that. Well, thank you, Brian. But you know the drill. You've been here. Yeah. Um, and and you know it's it's. Listen, I assure you. I, I was actually yesterday afternoon. I had like 15 minutes to to just do nothing, which was an incredible thing to have. And I look up at the, I look up at the screens in my office, and there were games on showing fans excited in the crowd. You know, it was highlights or something. And I got really sad. I mean, as as tough and as and as difficult and and the health risks and everything that we're worrying about, what we're all going through collectively. And it's not just about sports; it's about our way of life. This is very sad. You mentioned contingency. How far have you guys looked ahead uh, as, as a whole? Have you made plans, uh, you know, for, you know, the draft, for free agency, for training camp, <laughs> they, or even the we, schedule? You don't look that far ahead. To, at this well, point. no, you know, we, we, we know that those are issues that have to be addressed. You know, so we've had a conversation. What do we do if, if you kill, still can't have a public gathering by the time of the draft? Uh, when should the draft be? Do we do it by a conference call? I mean, that's part of the, and I'm not saying we will. I'm just saying you explore everything. I will say, because I saw a question came up, you know, I'm not, I'm not focused on, on having something wrong with next season. I mean, obviously, if, if there's a pandemic still going on next fall, we've got bigger problems than that. Uh, so, but whatever we do with this season, I'm expecting next season to be a normal season. How much of this, and with the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, how much of this is being done um, in conversation with the NBA? And, and ultimately, the, the question that I'm getting at is, uh, if the NBA is back, is the NHL back automatically and vice versa? Well, we, we all have to make our own decisions. I assume we'll both be relying 
on the, the same medical information. I think the, the, the real issue where there needs to be some focus, and we've already agreed to do it, is to the extent we're sharing buildings, mm-hmm. that we're, we're making sure that we're not tripping over each other as we're trying to schedule when we, when we both come back. My guess is when it's safe for us to come back, it'll be safe for the NBA to come back and vice versa. But, you know, we, we, we each have to do our own things as we do. We both have to make our own decisions. Although the overlap's interesting because one of the factors in my decision Wednesday night, which we we announced on Thursday after I spoke to the board, was there were a couple of teams that were in the visiting team's locker room in a building where the Utah Jazz used the same locker room within 24 hours. Uh, Washington was in Madison Square Garden uh, the next day after Utah played there. And Tampa was in both Boston and Detroit the day after the Utah Jazz played in those cities. And so, again, I concluded it was only a matter of time before one of our players uh, tested positive if we continued to play. And so we decided, again, we were going to get ahead of this. Uh, This is, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, um, a unique situation for the NHL. Given that reality, and we do understand that as in the NHL, we all know, wants to complete some type of regular season and then proceed with the playoffs. At this point, though, how open uh, is the NHL to being creative with what happens in the playoffs, being creative with how you conclude the regular season? Is everything on the table at this point? The, 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 well, first of all, this is a unique sec- situation for all of us. It transcends the NHL. It transcends sports. I mean, this is, you know, hopefully only a once in a lifetime thing for all of us. Uh, as I indicated, and I hope I did uh, a few minutes ago, we are looking at every contingency and what's doable. So yes, everything for consideration is on the table. It doesn't mean that any of those are going to happen. Uh, I don't want to speculate as to which direction we're going in, uh, we are analyzing every conceivable option that is available to us, and that's not something that's static. In other words, what's an option today, uh, there may be right. different options, uh, fewer options, more options, who knows, next week. And so my hope and expectation is that we can finish the season in some form, award the Stanley Cup, and then be able to move on feeling that we accomplished that goal of finishing the season for our fans. Um, Being joined by the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, uh, you mentioned that you had 15 minutes of free time yesterday, and that was uh, a foreign feeling for you. Actually, that was an exaggeration. I don't think it was that long. I think I just glanced up at the TV screen in between calls. Uh, So so just on a personal personal note now, and listen, of course, there's still league business to do, and you're very... Uh, busy individual, but what are your days like now? Well, I've been in meetings nonstop. The, 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 we sent everybody home, which is what most large employers are doing, and people are working from home. I and, and a number of my senior staff are in the office, uh, and we had a meeting, and I've been in meetings nonstop all day or on calls, you know, either, either with business partners uh, or in a couple of unique special cases for people we like a lot on the phone doing media. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate that. Um, 
when you go through a situation like this, and you're right, this isn't just a hockey issue or a sports issue. This is a, a life issue. Um, things change irreparably. We learn from it and we move forward, and then it becomes part of our reality. In your estimation, and I know it's still early, how does the NHL change long-term because of this situation? I, 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 you know, that's a great question, and I haven't had time to reflect on it, but my visceral reaction is in terms of our protocols uh, with respect to, to health and safety issues, we're really on top of those things. I mean, this, this is, we're dealing with a situation. The coronavirus is something that transcends everything and what we have to continue to do because we self-evaluate across the board on everything we do on a regular basis making sure we're doing the right things to keep the people associated with and in our game healthy there you go the commissioner of the national hockey league gary bettman uh joining hockey central at noon in toronto a little bit earlier on today uh some good perspective from the commissioner on uh, some of the processes that they've had to go through, some of the stuff they're looking at, of course, uh, all of it's still up in the air for the most part because even someone like Gary Bettman doesn't know when we'll be able to get a handle on all these things and when it's appropriate or safe for us to go back to having large gatherings like at hockey games or you know, even to be safe for athletes to go back into their uh, locker rooms and get ready to play professional sports. So lots still up in the air to be determined uh, as far as the future of the NHL and most major sport uh, sporting leagues, as we've heard uh, throughout the week, as they continue to close down or be postponed. And even down at the local level, I mentioned before we started that chat with Gary that you know local minor hockey league playoffs have been postponed or canceled here in the area for Calgary, and that's a, a difficult thing for a lot of us to wrap our heads around because. Uh, it's you know started to affect our, our regular everyday lives in, in new ways every day. So uh, hopefully everyone doing all right with it. I know it's a difficult time. It sucks. It's cold and snowing out in the middle of March in Calgary, and that uh, only adds to the misery of what's been a, a pretty weird week here at Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, we'll continue on throughout the hour. I mentioned you got a special co-host coming in at 2 o'clock to uh, roll around the afternoon with me. Uh, and as always, we don't have a ton of sports to talk about. So yesterday, me and Pat opened it up uh, to you, the listener. Our fan feedback line is always open at 960-960. We'll read some of your texts around the corners. You have questions about uh, the league, what it could look like if it does come back. What does the offseason look like for you? Uh, I'm curious how you're spending your time. Are you working from home? Are you lucky enough that uh, you get some time off? Uh, are you able to spend time with your family? What are you going to do? with some of the extra time off because I'm assuming you're listening to this station. Sports is a pretty big part of your world that's uh, now gone away for at least the time being. Uh, so let us know, 960-960. We'll get to the text line uh, around the corner. We'll take a break here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Calgary guys talking Calgary sports. Pinder and Steinberg are only on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Welcome back to the program. One thirty-six. Logan Gordon along with you this afternoon. Pat Steinberg off for the day, taking a long weekend, a much-deserved one after a, a crazy week here at the station and a, a tough day yesterday at the Saddle Dome, finding out that Ken King had passed away at the age of 68. We will have a, an afternoon show guest host joining me at 2 o'clock today uh, to get you through the afternoon. 
I did say that I did some of your texts here at 960-960. We were a big part of the show yesterday. We even opened up the phone lines. Not sure that we'll do that today, but your fan uh, feedback always welcome at 960-960. Do you think WrestleMania could be canceled? Better question for Peter Klein, but yeah, I would imagine something along the lines of WrestleMania where they're talking huge crowds. Uh, lots of people, all that sort of stuff, for sure in danger of being canceled. Um, it's funny how some people, including the federal government, think everyone works in an office and can work from home. Um, yeah, difficult times, man. I know that a lot of people want to be working from home or don't feel comfortable going into work right now and, and don't even have the option to do that. Um, it, it's tough for everybody, and I, I certainly appreciate, for sure, if you don't have the opportunity to work from home or to uh, be in a place where you feel safer, then uh, it's a difficult time for you right now. Uh, I asked people if they were stuck at work or not earlier. Uh, I had to work today. It gave me the opportunity to see the ignorant people out there. There's a lot of negativity going around. Uh, it's tough, man. Try to keep your chin up. That's all I can I can say right now. The weather absolutely doesn't help. But, uh, look, better things are coming. I can certainly say that. Uh, things will get uh, better it might get worse a little bit, but look, you know sports is pretty bad for, for somebody that works at a all-sports radio station, uh, and I can tell you I know things are going to get better. Uh, some of the things on a local level that have kind of been disappointing for me, I, I know major sporting events is one thing, but we've gotten to the local level where even Calgary Minor Hockey has uh, canceled the remainder of their seasons. Uh, I'm not a dad. I've I've never been in coaching or anything like that myself, so I thought I would go... Uh, to a man that I, I trust his opinion a lot on this sort of thing. He is the, the Mookie of Mookie, Billy Joe, and Lori in the morning on 95.9 CHFN, our sister station. He's also a hockey coach and a father. Uh, Mookie joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Hey, Mook, how are you, buddy? What's going on, Logo? How's it going, man? Ironically, I'm at a rink right now. I mean, <laughs> games aren't going on, but power skating is. My son's getting a little one-on-one with Deanna Coran, So, Oh, nice. Glad yeah. to see that he found some ice time. I was curious, man. I thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it because, like I mentioned, I've never had a kid in hockey or anything like that. And uh, I know you're connected in that uh, arena as well. And I know a lot of people are going through it right now. So I thought it'd be a good chance to bring you on and talk about it. And what it was like yesterday for you uh, having that conversation with your son and finding out that his season was going to be over. That must have been a tough one. Yeah, it, it's, it's really tough. And I think the timing of it makes it even harder. Um, we're literally two or three days away from crowning a champion in every division in hockey right now. So um, there was to be a game tomorrow night. He was in the semifinals. Uh, you win that game, you're in the finals on Sunday. Uh, having said that, I get it. I understand mm-hmm. where they're at. It's for me, my kids in first year midget. I feel bad for the kids that are in third year midget that played their last game, not even knowing it was their last game. It's kind of an unceremonious way to leave your hockey career, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm curious, man. What what's the conversation like with with your with your son? Is he is he understanding about it? Is it a big picture thing? I'm sure it's a difficult thing for him to just come to grips that it you know it's suddenly all over and it's something that you put so much time and effort in. But uh, how do you, as a father, sort of approach that sort of thing? And you're a coach as well. Yeah, I mean you're you're torn, right? Because it it's really hard to win the city championship. Anybody who's gone through it, anybody listening right now that have kids in minor hockey. I got to the final one time and, and we lost and that was probably five years ago and you're smelling it's coming again. You're getting pretty excited. This is six months of work for these kids, right? And it all starts with, you know, tryouts and getting on the team that they're on. Um, 
on the other hand, you know, this is brand new for all of us. And if there's people smarter than us that work in, you know, health regions and whatnot, I'd say that we should stay away from mass groups. I mean, when it comes to hockey, you know, probably there was 150 people at our last game, you know, so it's kind of under that 250 person gathering at one point. But I think the kids are, they're pretty mature. They're, they're pretty understanding. Um, it's disappointing, you know, because I said the timing of it, two days away from crowning mm-hmm. champion. So, um, And I'm curious, uh, this one, you know, separating it from hockey, and this is the one that we've seen on the text line and a few people have mentioned it as well. Uh, for a lot of these kids, they are, they go to school every day and they hang out with kids that are on other hockey teams and they, you know, spend their days with kids that they either play with or play against. And now they go to school uh, with these kids, but they're told they can't play hockey against them. That's kind of a, a weird back and forth. And I know there's lots into to schooling and, you know, whether or not kids should be allowed or, you know, taking breaks from that sort of stuff. What's, what's your feel on that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it right there. I mean, my son's school, there's 1,400 people, you know. Um, there's probably a greater risk of contracting, uh, you know, coronavirus or whatever else in the hallways of, of the school when you have a lot of common areas and people sneezing and coughing. Um, but I guess they've, they've kind of deemed the close quarters of a dressing room to be one of those red flag areas. You know, mm-hmm. I think that you came out in the news yesterday. There was a player at Winsport um, a couple weeks ago that tested positive for Corona-19. It's, it's really hard to form an opinion. You know, it's really hard to not be selfish about it. Like, I could just be, you know, tunnel vision and say, man, we got ripped off, we should play in the final. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I'm waiting. I'm checking social media all the time for schools to be canceled because literally, you know, sports was leading the way as far as cancellations go and everything else was a trickle-down effect. I'm kind of shocked that schools are still going on right now. Yeah, it seems like one of those areas where, you know, so many kids in such a small area like that, it would seem like that'd be one of the the top priorities. But I guess maybe there's a lot that goes into those kind of decisions and and keeping kids out of school for an extended period of time. Uh, I wanted to to bring it up with you as well because another one of these sports cancellations affects you as well. Uh, You were supposed to be at the Dome tonight for a pretty cool Roughnecks party, a St. Patrick's Day party. You're the the in-house voice of the Calgary Roughnecks, my man. Uh, that's got to be a disappointing you know, postponement for you as well there. Hey, do you want to hang out this weekend? Yeah. I, I certainly <laughs> yeah. have some free time. Got I mean, I plans. went having the Roughneck game tonight, my son's game tomorrow night, to having nothing on the schedule. I mean, I turned <laughs> to the family and said, let's, let's get along because we're going to spend a lot of time together. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a text from the people at the Roughnecks um, a couple days ago said, just, just a heads up, the games are going on Friday. Um, you know, being a fluid situation, you don't really know if that's going to be the final answer. Um, and then they started sending information on where to enter the dome, you know, for security reasons. And yeah. they said security is going to be pretty tight if you don't come in through this door, if you don't park in this area, if you don't go directly to the press box. You know, it's, it's almost like it's a weird situation. You're going to do the game. You know, they get pretty good crowds at the Roughneck game, as you know. Absolutely. 12,000 people or so. But as long as you don't, get too close to someone or touch the wrong thing, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really weird, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a total – it's a different situation for everybody every day. I feel like, you know, we talk about minor inconveniences on this station, you know, sports not being the be-all, end-all, but it seems like everybody's, you know, regular lives have changed a bit now in, in one form or another, whether it's work and 
you know, going to uh, the radio station or now, you know, not taking your kid to a hockey game on the weekend. It's kind of a, a changing thing every day, my man. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of going through this together, and this is everybody's first time, and um, we're trying to figure out how best to live our lives and be safe and protect at the same time. And, you know, you, you asked me again um, about how you talk to your son and the kids on the team about it. I think it's real important for us as parents, as mentors, to kind of guide our kids through this with calmness. You know, mm-hmm. like I think that they're going to learn a lot from this situation. Um, and the calmer we can be with our kids to get them through a situation like this and not panic and, and not create hysteria, yeah. not hoard toilet paper, you know, <laughs> and not line up for groceries like it's Black Friday. And, you know, if experts are saying to stay away from this, stay away from that, that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of rinks right now in Ontario, where I'm from, that have closed down um, just out of precautionary measures. We're at Henry Viney right now. It's, it's a go. There's just no sanctioned hockey Calgary events. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it feels like it's just it's so different everywhere too, and you know where we live or where we used to live, and you know where we got family, it's different for everybody there. In the states, it's different, and uh, I feel like it's it's going to change a bit more before it starts to to get better. But I absolutely think you're right about uh, you know setting the example and that sort of thing. And I'm I'm glad I was able to get you on because uh, I appreciate that, and I appreciate what you do as a as a father and as a as a coach. And it was. Uh, Good to get some perspective from that level, my man. I, I really appreciate you coming on with me on short notice. Yeah, and it's, I'll tell you this, you know, being at the rink, it's it's a little bit different feeling than ever before. It's it's a little bit eerie. You know, mm-hmm. the parking lot's empty, and you usually look at that marquee, and you, you see ice times before you and after you, and it's just jammed, and it's hard to even get ice time. Yeah. Um, there's there's such a crunch in ice in our city, and uh, there, there is no one before us, and there's no one after us. So if you want to rent some ice, you're looking for something to do. You know, the city rinks will probably use you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mooks, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. I've uh, given the uh, perspective from a dad and a, and a coach there. Uh, thanks for the time, man. Stay healthy. We'll, I'm sure we'll see you around here and there. Enjoy some time with your family, my man. Thanks, buddy. It could be the first year ever that the city of Calgary doesn't hand out championship banners. So there's that. Yeah, it's going to be a weird one. Take care, man. See you, buddy. Thanks, Mookie. There you go. That's Mookie. Uh, you can catch him on our sister station, CHFM 95.9. Uh, like I said, he's the Mookie of Mookie, Billy Joe, and Lori in the morning. But uh, more importantly, for the sake of this conversation, uh, he's a, a father of a kid in, in minor hockey and also a coach uh, as well. So I wanted to get some perspective at the local level uh, of someone going through it. And uh, I hope that if you're a parent or uh, someone that has a kid in hockey, that you know you got some perspective there from, from Mookie and being able to set the, the perspective for your son or daughter as well because – uh, those are problems that a lot of us are going through. I'm not a father, so I, I reached out to one. So uh, hopefully that was a good uh, conversation for us to hear. Uh, around the corner, we'll wrap up the 1 o'clock hour with what's become the toughest part of his job. Riley Pollock has three burning questions for us. Around the break, uh, around the corner, excuse me, after the break. And then, of course, at 2 o'clock, our special co-host for the afternoon uh, joins the program at 2. What will we talk about? I have absolutely no idea. It's Pinder and Steinberg, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Time to turn up the heat. These are three burning questions on The Steinberg Show, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Riles, you got the uh, unenviable task. You're coming up with uh, three questions when there's no sports going on for me, but... Uh, 
Do your best, all right? All right, yeah, I managed to sneak one sports one in again today. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to keep it somewhat on brand. Sure. Um, all right, besides the Flames jerseys, what are your favorite jerseys in the NHL? Ooh, well, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to have to pull some up here to say. I'm always a fan of the, and this is always one that gets the text line going too, uh, so that's good because we'll get into some of that for sure. Uh, I'm always a big fan of the the Blackhawks. They're just a classic look for me. Uh, I've always liked that one. Um, I'm a big fan of the alternate ones that the Coyotes wear, the the old yeah. school '90s ones they wear. Uh, those ones are are pretty slick. Um, that would be probably my favorite non Flames one that I can I can see off the top of my head. Actually, and you know what? I, I have to give some props to Vegas as well. I like Vegas uh, just for using a bit of a different color scheme. The gray and the gold and the a little bit of red is kind of a nice look. It's something different for sure, and it, I think it works. What about you? Yeah, I really like the Vegas color scheme as well. I was pretty stoked when they came out with those jerseys, but I'm definitely an old-school jersey guy, so the Habs and I think the Wings are probably my two favorite. Just, you know, keep it simple. And uh, original six, I'm just I'm a sucker for the classics. Yeah, hard to go wrong with any of the original six. They've been uh, good for so long. Um, other ones that that piqued my interest, I like some of the redesigns that we've seen recently too. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dallas going with the bold green. If you're gonna if you're gonna go green, that's the green to go with, I think. Um, I really like Pittsburgh with a mix of old school and new school there with their jerseys and the bright uh, yellow. And I liked the the Panthers redesign a couple years ago as well. Uh, the flying cat I never really was a fan of, uh, but the new one with a little bit of the military-inspired uh, look to him is pretty slick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like a lot. There's not a lot of jerseys I hate from the NHL. There's more in other sports. Give but, me one uh, that you don't dislike, because I, I want to see you bug somebody in the text line. Give me something that you don't like. I don't... Uh, I don't really like Nashville's. I don't know. I'm just not like a yellow guy, really. Okay. Um, Especially their thirds. You remember that big, ugly saber-toothed tiger one that they had? Oh, the mustard yeah. yellow one they had for a while yeah, there? Those yeah, those gross. Um... The Bruins alternates with, like, the actual bear on it I'm not a fan of. I think you can't mess with the classic. Okay. Yeah, so those, and of course those Oilers orange ones, like the bright orange. Ugh, oh, not a fan. Fair. Um, yeah, I yeah. would say the, the only two that I really am not a fan of, I don't like the Ducks one all that much, and uh, Ottawa. I think it's time for something new from Ottawa. <laughs> not that anyone really wants to... You know, pipe up for it in Ottawa, but you know, they could use some New yeah, Jerseys. Fair enough. Next one. Um. All right. Say you had to get quarantined and you were just in a building that oh. only made one food. What's the one food that you would want to eat for a month straight? Your number one food that you could eat every day for a month. Oh. It's, a, it's an impossible question because as we know I'm a big connoisseur of many types of foods. <laughs> I, I love so many of them. Um... Man, a month straight. I think no matter what it is, if it's a month straight, I'm going to get sick of it at some point for sure. So, I, I, you know what? This, this might not seem like the ideal one, but I think I'd have to go with something simple like uh, ramen or something like that, a cup of noodle or something. If I had yeah. to go for a month straight, I, I got to keep it simple and not too complex because 
you know, if I'm talking about making a steak every day, I'm going to get sick of it in a while or uh, something like that. And I also, you know, there's so many parameters of that question. Yeah. You know, is someone cooking the food for me? Do I have to make it? What sort of kitchen equipment? Am I cooking over candlelight or what's going on, right? So You will be provided with whatever equipment you need to wow, make that that's, meal. Wow, that's a pretty good quarantine. But, yeah, I'm gonna keep it, I think I'm going to keep it simple, maybe some sort of a nice ramen or something yeah. like that. I'm, I think I'm going bacon cheddar pierogies. Oh, yeah. I could eat like thousands and thousands of bacon cheddar pierogies and not get sick <laughs> of them. And I think about this. A month straight of bacon cheddar pierogies might put some weight on your house. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I'm trying here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what, anything else that you said? The pierogies would be a go to. What else? Uh, probably like souvlaki or something. As long as I had some tzatziki to go with it. If my grandma was making me my souvlaki every day, that'd be easy. Yeah, well, if you were in quarantine with your grandma making you food, life wouldn't be all that yeah, bad, would it? Agreed. Yeah. Well, all right. Last one, man. Um, favorite place for wings in the city. Favorite place for wings in the city. Uh, I also appreciate that you you skipped any NFL news and three burning questions and yeah. and kept it strictly yeah. to quarantine well, I don't or need you to food talk questions. About your, your Chargers yet? You know? No, that's to, fair. We I'm need here. to hit that at some point in the actual sports part of the show. Yeah, well, it might be small, but you know, there will be some sports at some point. Um, I'll admit I haven't been to mug shots, and I've I've heard the reputation for them is phenomenal and really well deserved. Uh, so I haven't been there. Um, I'm a sucker for Hudson's, not only because we, we did the Hot AF Wing Challenge with them, but uh, the wings there, at least in the Shaughnessy one that I've gone to on a regular basis, are, are really good consistently all the time. Uh, and they got some good flavors there. So my go-to place for wings is, is Hudson's. Yeah, I have been to Mugshots, and that it, the hype is real. It's uh, They got some really good wings there, and... Um, that m- probably is my favorite, but like for mm-hmm. lesser known places, there's this little family restaurant. Like I swear, four people work there and just rotate <laughs> shifts, like two blocks from my house, and I can't even remember what it's called because we just call it the family restaurant. Yeah, and they've got some deadly hot wings that we crush like every Wednesday. Okay, and yeah, so that yeah. was the one I was gonna go with. Was I was gonna ask you next is what's the go to flavor? Of oh, course, always hot. Yeah, you gotta go yeah, hot wings. Always. So. I agree. Good job on three burning rounds. Appreciate it, man. I try. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough when there's uh, less and less sports uh, every day, but we'll try to bring you some more perspective throughout the uh, afternoon. A special co-host coming in on a Friday next. He'll join the program after the break here on Pinder and Steinberg Sportsnet 960. The fan. Pinder and Steinberg continues. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi on Sportsnet 960. The fan. All right, it is a Friday at. Uh, Two, which usually is very exciting. It's the weekend. <laughs> Woo! No, no, not so much. Crazy times. Uh, welcome to a Friday the 13th. That feels a little more appropriate. Uh, Ryan Pinder back from Florida. Logan Gordon is in today. Patty's got long weekend. Riley has got the wheels of steel back there. Uh, buckle up because we're going to talk about some non-sports. <laughs> Oh man! Thought it was bad yesterday, boys. Buckle in. Oh, like I, I'm sure it wasn't bad yesterday. It's just that you know, yesterday you've got press conferences, you've got major news in the city. It's not uplifting, to be sure. Uh, the passing of Ken King, on top of obviously the uh, official cancellation of the NHL slate. But 
you know, we'll have more newsy stuff today. Mm-hmm. The real challenge, my friend, will lie in the months to come. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get back into, like, we, we may as well break open a CBA lawyer <laughs> glossary and get into oh, the minutia. God, of, please, no. Like, it's going to be very uh, interesting how, how this thing rolls. Uh, let me walk you through my week. Sure. So, Monday, flew to Toronto. Yep. Uh, our WestJet... Blue Jays spring training contest was just an incredible journey. Like you would say trip, but, and it started out as a trip. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you're like, we got to get out of this country. Like quick, (laughs) things are getting a little dicey. People are freaking out. Like in the matter, every 24 hours felt like a week, how quickly things evolved. So Monday, fly to Toronto, Tuesday morning, meet up with all the contest winners on a flight down to Tampa and by Tuesday afternoon, you're in the Florida sun, and everyone's like, this is amazing. It's crappy weather everywhere in Canada. It's 27 here. There's palm trees swaying. We're a block from the water. Look at all this, uh, you know, the new stadium. The, yeah. the, there's nothing but it. It's, Jays are crushing the Orioles. You're talking to Anthony Alford. So and that was Wednesday. So, so Tuesday we get there. Yeah. Wednesday is like a totally normal day of spring training. You go back last year to any day in spring. You go back over the last decade of any day in spring. Yeah. There was minor, I guess, um, protocols put in place by Major League Baseball. If there was a scrum, you needed to be six feet back. So you know mm-hmm. those little little ropes you pull at the airport yep. to make yep. lanes? There was one of those six feet ahead of the media wall where Charlie Montoya or anyone else would speak. And so they would everyone would set their recorders on a table. The person being interviewed would stand behind the table in front of the media backdrop and the entire media hordes, cameras, people with notebooks and recorders would be six feet away. But it was weird because you're like, well, okay, so they're taking it seriously. And then the scrum would end and Charlie Montoya would walk through the rope <laughs> and go give people hugs and high fives. And then players are signing everything, shaking oh, hands with God. fans. And next thing you know, it's batting practice and literally had three one-on-ones where a guy shaked my hand or tapped me on the shoulder at the end. Like that, that, you could see what Major League Baseball was trying to do, mm. but you could just see the urgency or the the severity of what is happening in the world had not sunk in. Yeah. And that's easy to happen in Florida where there haven't been a lot of cases reported. But the scary thing about what we're dealing with here with the coronavirus is that by the time things are reported, it's around. Yeah. And it's around a lot because of its ability to stay in your body without you showing any symptoms whatsoever and be spread before you have any symptoms whatsoever. So all of a sudden from Wednesday to Thursday, the tone's totally different. So from Wednesday, totally normal spring training day, get audio at BP, WestJet winners are out in the flight deck, the WestJet flight deck at New TD Ballpark, sitting in the sun, having a few beers. It's just sweating buckets, 27 degrees midday, beautiful Where's the sunscreen? We gotta run get some sunscreen. Like everything is perfect. And that night, we are out for dinner with some of the contest winners and our good friends at WestJet. And it's like the phone starts getting crazy. We're getting push alerts from all these insiders. It's like, oh, it looks like Golden State's gonna play in front of an empty building. Like, mm-hmm. hang on now. Looks like the NBA is gonna get canceled. And then not long after that, you're like, this is gonna be it. We saw there was an Italian defender for Juventus, a soccer team in Italy that had tested positive and chatting with people that just sort of playing the what-if scenario with insiders of any sport, everyone sort of said, as soon as there's a player, 
House cards come stumbling down. Yeah. Because you can't undo all the interactions a player has. So, for example, Juventus probably had a Champions League match. They played in the Italian League. Teams they played have gone to other countries to play. And now you, there's this web that you can't untangle. Like, who in Europe is unaffected? Yeah. And sure enough, like four days later, the manager for Arsenal, a team in England, has the thing. Tested positive. So, in a matter of 24 hours, you've gone from perfect vacation to, like... We are in a very, very uncertain, uncharted, and potentially dangerous time to mm. not be in our homes. Yeah, to not to be away from everything going on, right? I mean, you got a wife and two kids at home, and you're, you know, and all of a sudden all this is changing around you too, right? So you got all that on your mind on top of everything. So Wednesday is a normal game, full ballpark, everyone's loving it. And Thursday, it's like, well, we're kind of waiting for the, the axe to drop. Yeah. Like, when's everything getting canceled? They're still going to let fans in the building today. They're sending a split squad down to play the Pirates. Then the Canadian National Junior Team is in Dunedin. Things are a go, but you're like, yeah, it's not going to be a go for long. And sure enough, mid-game, those, both those games started, I think, at one local, 11 Calgary time. Before either of those games are done, spring training had been canceled. Yeah. Like, that's how quick it happened. And, and that's... Uh, that's what is a scary and b why we have a pandemic because things are changing that quickly with this virus. Yeah. So for anyone to say, oh, it's just you know, it's a common flu. Well, no, the common flu does not radically change society over twenty four hours. No. That's what this thing is doing as it as it moves around the globe. And uh, I guess what we'll talk about a bit today is you know obviously how we're all going to cope with it. We're in studio today. I don't I wouldn't be surprised if we're not in studio next week. I can't imagine we're going to be. I mean to the fact that we've gotten emails as to where to direct ourselves in the building and to limit our exposure yeah. to other coworkers regardless of you know anybody coming out and being sick or vice versa just out of personal yeah, sure. you know safety and hygiene that you know if there's a way to do our jobs from a more secluded position for everybody, then I fully believe that's what we're going to be doing in the future. J.D. Bunkus, uh, he does good show in Toronto with uh, Ben Ennis. It's our sister station, Sportsnet 590. He literally broadcast from home with a unit. Yeah. No symptoms, not sick, wasn't worried about being exposed. Just, yeah, why would, why would I hop on the subway with, you know, a thousand strangers? You, you can't wipe down the whole subway system real no. quick or easily when I could just bring a unit home and... Broadcast from there. That the last like the last two days that right? we've been in studio, uh, I would usually take the C train to come down here. I don't think that I'm you know overly cautious about things here in Calgary overall, but just out of my own safety, I paid the stupid uh, expensive downtown parking the last <laughs> yeah. few days. Just didn't yeah, you know what? I just didn't feel like taking a packed C train with a bunch of other people in my vicinity right now. So what? Just, we're- What we're supposed to do and what I guess this is about is limiting our interactions within a meter of other people's symptoms or not. Mm -hmm. And and that might sound radical and crazy to people that, oh, that's so extreme. This isn't that serious. Well, how serious was it in Italy a week ago? How serious was it in Spain a week ago? Yeah. This is, we don't know what's around the corner and the only, our, our best chance at us not turning into an Italy or Spain situation is to start limiting social interactions now. And like, I didn't let, I, like my kids at preschool today. No, not going. No. We're going we're gonna to do Lego, stay at home. Now, look, I don't, I, I can be careful. I don't know. Yeah. Florida hasn't been a hotspot, but if it turns into a hotspot in a week, I may have been in a hotspot without knowing it. True. But it wasn't one of the three states that everyone's concerned about. Washington State, where Seattle's got a huge number of cases. California, where Santa Clara was one of the first, I guess, city jurisdictions to ban gatherings of people. 
Sharks games, of course, included in that in San Jose and New York State, where, you know, New York City's just, what, 15 million people in a very, very small spot? I mean, uh, Florida was none of those. But point being, I, you know, this, these are very uncharted times and anything you can do to limit your interactions with others is probably something you should be considering doing. Can you do your job from home? Do your job from home. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to be on a flight tomorrow for a family vacation. Nope. Not happening. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And that's, you know, it's, it ain't go, you know, run the hose in the pool and let the kids swim in the backyard kind of weather and then the blow up pool. No, it's, it's minus 17, but, uh, you know, we, this is uh, this this could be scary, and this and this really could be amazing if we, as a society and as a community, can get on the same page about limiting our exposure to each other. So, I don't know if I have a point, but I don't know that there'll ever be a week as quick turning and unusual as this one. At least now, as we look forward, we're kind of expecting. You know, when when all major sports in the world are saying, except the dum dums at the IOC, are basically saying we're yeah. done, we're we're out. I think that, okay, now these are the people setting the tone for the significance and how serious this well, yeah, virus is. I, well, yeah, I mean, sports is, you know, for us it's an everyday thing and it's a, you know, a great part of our lives and importance to us. But at the end of the day, it's it's a luxury and it's an add-on that, you know, humans in everyday life can go on without something like this. So, you know, to, to start taking it to the extent where, you know, we're, we got to just do it for, we got to take away something that we're lucky enough to have as a luxury, you know, for the greater good of people around us, you know, should say. And I mean, I always come back to this because to me, it's the best way to relate to it because so many of these corporations, and it hit me the most when the NCAA said they were going to play March Madness without fans. When these kind of corporations, before they just canceled yeah, before they canceled <laughs> everything in that leading up to it. When these kind of businesses and corporations that make millions and millions of dollars, and that's what it comes down to on a bottom line, every sort of day thing, when they start canceling it and saying goodbye to you know all that money and the the big almighty dollar to them, that's when things really take a turn for me because that you know plays a role in so much of what everybody does on a daily basis. And for you know, uh, I don't expect you to feel bad for the NCAA. I sure as hell don't. But you know. They love making money there. And when something like March Madness that brings in lots and lots of money for probably, them. Probably B's, not M's, right? Yeah. Like, when they just say, nope, not going to happen, mm, you got to wonder that it's something pretty serious there. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. It's, it's kind of an open format today. I don't know that we'll take calls, but uh, you're on my computer, so I don't have access to the text line right now. I'm trying to find my damn login. We'll we might do a little switcheroo. We'll switch. uh, tell us what's going on. How, are you worried? How are you doing uh, limiting interactions? Or are you going to be like anti-vaxxers and start running around touching everyone in the face like Rudy Gobert? Don't do that. Please don't do that. I, not, not I was not, not impressed with that yesterday, man. What a stupid, brainless thing to well, do two days ago. Even as a joke, it's not I, funny to some people. It, 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 well, it, it's turned out to be not funny at all. But when you go back two days, how many people in your life were like, ah, this thing's overblown? A lot. Right? So Rudy wasn't the outlier so much yeah, as but me saying he represented- it's a joke and actually coughing into my hand and then touching something physically where I could impact it. My words, you know, mean different than my actions, I, right? I'm not condoning what he did. It was dumb. No. And he's going to, that's going to be on him the rest of his life. I he's going to be gonna get that sued. guy. 
Um, Real bad by anybody who had a recorder there that he touched. But I think he also reflected how a lot of people felt two, three days ago, which seems like a year ago and how much we've learned about what's going on, right? It's true. Yeah, I think ignorance is bliss a lot of th- the time, right? Or it's just like, ah, oh, the media is going to freak out about this. They're overreacting. So, yeah. Well, go see how overreaction is going in Italy. They're in yeah. lockdown and they are they have to choose which people get respirators and which people will die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> things, yeah. As we see how this is going, we realize maybe this isn't just overreaction. Yeah, and right? I think, yeah, and it's, you know, thinking about others and situations and maybe you're not in a position where even if you feel like you can get coronavirus and you'd be okay, but... You know, maybe the the lady next to you with a respiratory problem, or you know, an old lady as a neighbor, or something like that. You know, it's just thinking and, and, of other people in the bigger picture sometimes too, right? And beyond that, the, the the real issue about this virus isn't its ability to kill people. Mm. It's going to be about its ability to buckle society down to its knees. When you have more sick people than you have capacity to handle, then society falls apart. Um, that's what they're dealing with in Italy right now. If you missed it, here's the recap. Um, NFL, no player pre-draft visits. That's not a stunner. That's probably appropriate. Masters, postponed. EPL, top uh, soccer league in the world, you could argue, postponed Friday's game on. Uh, They were going to play this weekend, which is nutso, given that everyone else has KO'd sports across the board. And Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta has been confirmed a positive case, coronavirus. I'm curious on your take of this because we didn't have a chance to hit on this with you because you were in spring training and stuff. But golf and then specifically the Columbus Blue Jackets tried to play this off on their own and say, look, we can survive. You know, Columbus wasn't overly worried about it. Their governor had come out the day before and said no large gatherings. And the Blue Jackets said, we're still going to do hockey games with fans. We're not as concerned about this. Next day, the governor said, no, that wasn't a suggestion that was being told. Yes. And then golf kind of did a similar thing where the Thursday they had fans in the crowd yeah, they had in the gallery. Round one of the players, right? totally normal. The next day they said, okay, we're going to do without fans, but we think we can still go on because we're, you know, kind of widespread over a large area of a golf course and sort of thing. And now that's sort of changed. What Tournament's you, canceled. It's over. Yeah. Players done. Like that's, you know, I, people I believe like this have been. Everybody that's, you know, kind of buckled up against it has kind of fallen back pretty quickly here on some of these scenarios. How much have we learned in the last two, three days? Like, isn't that what this is speaking to? Absolutely. Like, they canceled the bloody players a day after they thought it was totally cool to have fans there. That's how quickly this has changed. Uh, 24-hour segments, I mean, just totally different. No, it's been been hours, man. We've had conversations with CJ and Elliot this week, and halfway through, you've gotten four more pieces of news that have changed perspective entirely uh champions league europa play postponed in europe ncaa as you alluded to they've canceled their division one men's and women's basketball tournaments frozen four is done world series college world series is done major league baseball suspended operations uh indefinitely uh pga we'll see the masters postponed and we told you the players is done sm liga i think was the last league outside of russia that was still running they're Mm -hmm. done in finland Bellator 241's been canceled. All Hockey Canada sanctioned events, which means all minor hockey under the Hockey Canada umbrella in this country, has ground to a halt. A lot of men's leagues are done. I apparently have a Sunday morning game. I guarantee that's canceled before <laughs> don't, Sunday morning. Don't think that's not happening. happening. No. Uh, UFC Brasilia apparently going to proceed. That's supposed to be on Saturday, if I'm correct, but no fans expected. 
and South America would be one of the best spots to be in terms of exposure to the virus, at least from what we know at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that may go ahead. UFC London on March 20th. That's a Thursday. They want to have fans, but the EPL wanted to play this weekend <laughs> a day ago, and now it's postponed. Well, I doubt that last. No. F1 was in Australia. That got postponed. McLaren said, we're not showing up, and boom, the event not soon after was entirely canceled. Bahrain, am I saying that? Where's Pat, yep. my F1 expert? No, that's right. And Vietnam have both been canceled. They're the next two stops on the F1 tour. Boston Marathon, rescheduled to the fall. XFL, done season? Yeah, apparently. Like suspended? They, I, okay, the done. The latest I heard on that was they had told guys that if they have an opportunity to sign with another league, be that CFL or NFL, they Get are it. permitted to do so. LPGA's canceled three events. All minor league hockey, the American League, CHL, finally canceled yeah cjahl that's the association of junior a leagues coast to coast they're done mls was suspended i believe before the nhl was we haven't heard from the canadian premier league the soccer yeah, league but say they were kind they of... haven't even gathered yet i believe training camps are set to begin somewhere in the last week of march where typically i think last year they went down to the dominican and they had all seven teams training uh i know cavalry was slated to leave the country on training don't be surprised if that falls apart um the only people that seem to think everything's hunky-dory are the crooks at the IOC, Logan, who are ready to go to the most densely uh, populated city in the history of time, Tokyo, where you literally have a higher concentration of people per square foot than anywhere else on Earth, and they want to run the Summer Olympics. It, it hurts my head. It really does. Well, I mean, everything the IOC does really should hurt your head, but... Uh, this is especially telling for an organization that is known for corruption. Yeah. That they're so obsessed with the bottom line and lining their own pockets and not paying the athletes billion-dollar TV deals that you're going to, in in this climate, with this virus, in that part of the world, in the most densely populated city on Earth, you're going to run the Summer Olympics. Good luck to you. Because I, I don't know that if I'm... You know, a, a governing body of, say, you know, U.S. Olympic Committee, Canadian, like, you can't send athletes, can no. you? If it's any, like, who knows where we're at in the summer, but at this point, no, that, that looks the, insane. All the travel restrictions and everything else that we're, we're talking that, about I right mean, now, and <laughs> you're talking about sending people from however many countries into all around one the world. densely populated yes. area together. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a just a dandy idea. Thomas Bach, you are a moron. <laughs> You're a moron. You can't do this. Um, we'll come try. back. We're going to learn a little more about uh, from the medical side. I, we, we are not doctors. We are talking. Because we're not? Not yet. Okay. I feel like we're about 10 to 15 years of schooling, depending on how many second laps we need on the, some of those tough years of school before we can get that certification. Yeah. Um, we'll hear from medical expert Dr. Brian Goldman. Uh, he was on Good Show earlier today in Toronto little perspective on uh, from the medical community, what we can expect and what we should be doing. Hopefully you are not in a crowd touching people's faces. You are at home socially distancing yourself and listening to people attempt to talk about uh, something close to sports on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's Pinder and Steinberg. We're back with some medical expertise when we come back. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Back to Pinder and Steinberg. Calgary Sports Talk in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's 2.32 on your Friday, the 13th. Eerie indeed. Uh, Let's learn a little more about exactly uh, what 
COVID-19 is doing and the coronavirus as uh, Dr. Brian Goldman joined Ben Ennis and J.D. Bunkus earlier today on Good Show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. How are we doing as a society, would you say, Brian, as far as this country's response to uh, the COVID-19 virus? Uh, I think that that uh, I think we're doing reasonably well. Uh, we have a huge advantage, uh, particularly in, in Toronto, in Ontario, but, but also in Canada, in that we, uh, you know, certainly people who are working in emergency departments who are veterans, you know, people who work in ICUs who are veterans remember SARS, severe acute respiratory syndrome. That was the first big coronavirus to hit us. So, so, it, so in that sense, we, we came in with a lot of built-in uh, knowledge and experience. Uh, there was a major inquiry in the province on how to deal with, you know, lessons learned. And, and you know, I, I think we've been vigilant. I think, I think that, that uh, you know, there are certainly some questions about whether federal and provincial government should be uh, putting the hammer down on social distancing by banning all meetings of a certain size. Uh, there's, there, you know, if you go on social media, which didn't exist during SARS, uh, there's a lot of chatter about that. And I think that the, the pressure to 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 officially uh, bring in social distancing, I think, is growing. And but but right now, uh, you know, the good news in Canada is that there's not a lot of local transmission of COVID-19. We yeah. want it to stay that way, but it's inevitable that it's going to come here. Yeah, it is. It seems that way. And who knows how many people have it that are either showing no symptoms or, you know, they, they haven't been tested yet and they, they have it. Um, to that end, if you have some, like, it, we don't want to overwhelm the health care system here, obviously, right, uh, Brian? But if you have a fever, if you have a cough, like, at what point should you go get yourself tested? Should you uh, ensure that you do or don't have this thing? So, you know, fever, cough, and shortness of breath uh, can certainly be symptoms of COVID-19. You know, obviously, there are also symptoms of seasonal flu and other respiratory illnesses, which are very common at this time of year. But, but you know, authorities are saying call your local public health unit if you have even mild symptoms and you've traveled anywhere. And I mean anywhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, or if you've been exposed to someone known to be infected. So Justin Trudeau. Uh, uh, is, is partner to Sophie uh, Gregoire. And so both of them called public health for different reasons, but they were very related reasons. Uh, and it's generally individuals have traveled or are a known contact of a case uh, who are recommended to be tested. Um, you know, the, I work in an emergency department and we've gone from, you know, a, 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 an occasional case of rule out COVID-19 to, to a pretty steady trickle. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm certainly happy to see that there are five testing centers in the province that have opened up so that, you know, I think it'll be better to do mass testing in a, in a place where that's all they do, whether it's a drive through or whether it's a special temporary facility. Um, but, but we don't want everybody to go to the emergency department unless they're really sick. But I'm going to I'm going to underline this, Ben and J.D., if you have shortness of breath and you're listening to this. You should go to the emergency department because you need medical help and you may need it right away. Uh, Dr. Goldman, I was reading a piece yesterday that said a research team at Sunnybrook has isolated COVID-19. And I wonder what that means in terms of progress. Um, that's excellent progress for a couple of reasons. It, it, it's fantastic news because it means uh, it, it gets us a step closer to, to designing tests. 
uh, that are faster, that are closer to the point of care testing that we need to test people rapidly instead of, you know, having a built-in delay that makes it so difficult to know, you know, what's going on with a Rudy Gobert or somebody like that. Uh, and the other thing that, that that's really useful is, uh, about about being able to to isolate the uh, the virus is that it, it 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 means that we're one step closer to developing candidate vaccines. And you know, the the conservative estimate is that it, we're 18 months from a vaccine. You know, in in the best case scenario, and a lot of stuff has to go right before before we can get to a point where where there's a vaccine. You know, maybe in the best case scenario, it might be 13 or 14 months. But still, that kind of work must be done. And, 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 you know, whenever that happens, and I'm hopeful that it will happen, it will stop this. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of people are going to get sick. And unfortunately, some people are going to die beforehand. Uh, talking to Dr. Brian Goldman, ER doctor, host of CBC's White Coat Black Art and uh, The Dose podcast. So we know, yeah, you're, the, the older you are and, and people plus 60 and certainly plus 70 are at, at serious risk of, of this illness um, and that people in a younger uh, age bracket are not as uh, in imminent like life-threatening danger but of course that doesn't mean that that does all this stuff doesn't apply to those people because everybody has parents or grandparents or know people or interact with people that could be at risk um but i did see the other day that one of the the cases of covid 19 in this country is is an infant uh under one years old like i i have young children four and and almost two here uh, I imagine that that child is going to make a full recovery. I would hope. Like, what does that mean? That freaked me out, though, seeing that, Brian. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I think one of the things we have to emphasize at this point, uh, Ben, is that is that these are early days, and and you know, we're all clamoring for the rules. Just give me the rules. Tell me what I need to do to be safe. You know, how many days do I have to be isolated? And so, all of these rules that we're constructing are are based on limited evidence, relatively small sample size. And I know everybody in sports knows sample size these days. Uh, so so it, it, in the fullness of time, we're going to know who's at risk. But, but while it is true that much older people, frail seniors, people with multiple medical problems like chronic obstructive lung disease, heart failure, they're at greater risk of succumbing to this infection. That doesn't mean that we don't have young people who died. Uh, middle-aged people, people who, who are below that sort of magic 60 to 65 age group, uh, and and in the same in the same way, um, we are you know occasionally seeing serious illness in younger kids. Now it may be that they've got medical problems that that are adding up. Maybe they're more frail, and there are frail young children with extraordinary medical needs. But but the point is that that we're talking about an infection that could that could uh, infect up to fifty percent of the population. So, so you're going to have outliers. You're going to have real, you know, strange and very disturbing stories, because even if you put the entire population on a bell curve, somebody is going to be an outlier uh, who is going to defy the rules. And and you're going to have you might have an infant dying. You might have you might have a three year old dying, and but there was nothing wrong with them otherwise. And and as we gather data about what this virus does inside your body, then we'll know why. And maybe it will be possible to develop treatments for that. But you know, you're absolutely right to be anxious about this. The only thing I can say is that what we've seen so far is that 80% of the people who are infected with COVID-19 have nothing or, mi- or a very mild illness at most. It's only 20% who are sicker, and it's only five of the of the full, you know, five percent of the full 
uh, a group of people who get infected uh, who require intensive care units. Yeah, I think this uh, is a good touch point, though, for misconceptions, right? Because people get a lot of news now. They get a lot on their Twitter feeds. They go to different websites. They listen to friends. They have conversations about this, especially during times like this. Are there some misconceptions or one in particular that you would like to address and try and dispel? Uh, yeah, you know, I would say that, that um, you know, I, I think that, that probably the most important one is that everybody's at imminent risk of, of, uh, uh, of dying of this, of this infection, that this is, that this is the, uh, uh, that we know for sure that this is the Spanish flu. That's probably the most important one. And I think, I think after that, uh, the second most important is, is that, you know, that there's a, that this is a conspiracy virus that it was unleashed by some, by some nefarious agent, uh, or, or, and then, and then quickly followed by number three, that there's some easy or magic cure, that there's some kind of, uh, you know, herbal remedy, uh, some kind of oddball treatment that you can undergo that will, that will protect you, that will cure you, that, that, that only certain people have special knowledge about. Um, you know, this is, this is a novel virus. It, 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 it came out of nowhere, probably came from animals, started in China. Uh, and and it's working its way through the population because because we have no immunity to this virus. Them's the facts. There's no vaccine. You know there are antiviral treatments that are under development. We hope some of them may, if they don't cure, will at least blunt the illness, make it shorter. That's what we know. And and you know this is one time when it pays to trust public health. The, you know the scientists that are trying to develop projections on where this is headed and trying to 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 help us understand who's at risk and who isn't. Uh, before we let you go, uh, doctor, um, so we know the people that have been exposed to people that either have it or have done some traveling to some at-risk places, like, yeah, obviously self-quarantine. Uh, don't don't show up uh, until you are con- you're confirmed not to have it and don't put others at risk. But if you're just an everyday person, lay person, a person who's not at risk, like... W- Obviously, you should be taking the precautions of washing your hands and sanitizing and all that. But like, and and not, we're not gathering in crowds. But like, what should you do every day to day life? Should you be trying to stay indoors like this weekend? What should you be doing if you're just an average everyday person? Yeah. So you know, we we saw what happened when there was a major uh, international conference at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. You know, twenty five thousand people show up. One person tests positive. So at this point, uh, you know, I think you, like, we should all get used to social distancing, and that means not going to any place where they're expecting a crowd. Um, I, I think at this point, we don't have a lot of local, we don't have a lot of local transmission and it's occasional cases. It's, 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 it makes news when it happens. Uh, so I think you can go to restaurants. Yeah, I think you can go to a movie theater. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you want to practice voluntary social isolation, get used to the idea of not walking right up to people's faces, staying two meters away from people, wash your hands thoroughly, uh, and if you're going to cough, cough into your sleeve, you know, cough into, into your elbow. Uh, and, but the most important thing uh, is don't be a hero. If you're sick, stay away from work. And if you've been in contact with somebody who might have uh, had COVID or are coming back from a travel place, then contact public health. All right, Dr. Brian Goldman joining Good Show in Toronto earlier today. Lots of stuff that we've gone over, I feel like. As the uh, the hours pass and the days click over and our knowledge and, I guess, understanding of uh, what the virus is, uh, that's, that's a conversation that makes a lot of sense today. We might know a whole lot more by Monday. 
I don't know. I, I get the sense that we're about to see things grind to a halt. Like I, I would think we probably don't have schools on coming up here where, where you extend spring break. I don't know. There's already some parts of the country that public schools are closed. Mm. Minor hockey's already done. Yeah. Crazy, man. Absolutely insane. Uh, how's it been for you this week? We, uh, this is, I talked about it earlier, the, the evolution of like, yay, we're in the sun at spring training to like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I got to get through the security line and onto a flight. Let's go. Uh, it's been a it's been a really interesting week. Uh, you know, filling in full time on the afternoon was exciting, and you know, there's lots of Flames hockey to talk about uh, over the weekend. And then, you know, you had a three day stretch there, and you're kind of stretching the the hockey bits out uh, here and there on Tuesday and, and Wednesday. And you're you know you're talking Travis Hamonic injury updates, and we're wondering about Noah Hannafin. And what about the Islanders? Yeah, Big the games Islanders are coming to town, and. You know, we're watching standings every night and all that sort of stuff, and then literally it runs into a brick wall and stops. And, you know, we, we've gone from talking about things in our own little bubble this week to huge big-picture stuff, you know, uh, stuff that we normally wouldn't talk about. And, then you know, to the degree of, you know, yes, hockey's the, the big thing here in the city of Calgary, but everything, you know, shutting down. It's not just, you know, we're not just talking about no hockey. It's not just lockout, you know, talk about something else for the day. It's nothing. And we're all of a sudden in, you know, going from a regular week to a week that we'll maybe never have again like this. It's, it's been crazy. Yeah, th- th- this is not one that feels like any other. That, that, that's for darn sure. Uh, there are many people asking why I'm at work today on the text line. That, that was a common. I, and I feel that that's a fair question to ask. Sure. Uh, the policies that. The company I work for has put forth is that I was not in a quote high risk area. And so here's how my day has gone. I've avoided close contact with anyone that I can. I've washed my hands about 40 times. I came in and completely wiped down the entire workstation around me, keyboard, mouse, screen, desktop, hand arm armrests on my chair, microphone, everything. And uh, you know, that's that's how it's gonna roll. There's no high fives or hugs or handshakes keeping distance, and who knows, on Monday there might be different policy in place. There, mm-hmm. We might be broadcasting remotely. It's, it's certainly, uh, if, if there is some risk, and there clearly is some risk, you would be lowering it by moving people out of the studio. I yeah. think that's, I, I would expect that's what next week looks like, but this is, again, day by day, changing very rapidly. Uh, it was not long ago that we were ready to broadcast games from the Saddle Dome Last night was going to be a game. Yeah, like that's how quickly things change. Uh, I, I'm not suggesting that uh, it's the best idea, but I think you could speak to my ability to at least stay out of your sphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, doing nothing but Lysol wiping everything down. And I, I don't. Mm. The, people are asking. No, Th- this is an important question. How can I come in and talk about limit your exposures to others, and then be, uh, day after I'm in Florida be here? Well. So we don't know that Florida is a bad spot. Doesn't mean it isn't, but it, at this juncture, it looks rather safe. And B, uh, I'm doing my very best to to uh, again. What is it? Around a meter, six feet. Yeah, you keep? A, a full size table in between. And look, we're also at a at a business, and I hope everyone is uh, where their company and the higher ups around them are taking this uh, very seriously as well. Like this isn't just a you know Ryan's coming back from Florida. We're everyone in our building is going through precautions of, you know, wiping down our stations, being more we don't have access diligent. To parts we don't, of the exactly. We're, you know, whereas we would go to the washroom on the first floor across the hallway, 
That's completely changed. Our regular routine around work has completely changed. And yes, my name was was thrown out there on, on a text about Ryan being in at work. Uh, and make no doubt about it, if I felt uncomfortable about Ryan being within my vicinity, I wouldn't be here. So, you know, I understand the social aspect of what we're talking about and the fact that Ryan was traveling recently. Uh, we're doing our, our very best here. And I'm, you know, don't worry about our sort of stuff here because we're, we're making do. Okay, here's what's coming up on the program today. Brennan Dillon plays for the Washington Capitals now. Longtime San Jose Shark mm-hmm. was traded there. What do the Washington Capitals have in common with the NBA? The NBA franchise in the same, they they play in the same share building? share a facility. Uh, so we'll ask him exactly how that's gone, what he's been instructed to do, and, and what, what is the life of a common NHL player at this point? Are you, you're not really... You're not, you're not practicing. Nope. You're not hanging out in the locker room. Not hanging out with your teammates. Certainly not playing games. Uh, so how how has that gone? And we'll get a little perspective from the Caps defender moved to the blue line. We'll revisit a conversation with Elliot Friedman from this morning. Derek Wills will join us uh, for the Final Flames roundtable for a while where we'll, I guess, go through what we know and what we're curious about moving forward with uh, the suspension or the pause in the NHL season. And if you uh, missed it in the 1 o'clock hour, we will again hear from Gary Bettman, his uh, chat on Hockey Central in Toronto today. Essentially, a lot of questions. What does it look like? Are they coming back to finish the regular season? Will there be a wild card type play-in for the final few playoff spots? Will it be right to the playoffs? Will we see an abbreviated playoffs with maybe fewer than 16 teams? Will there be any hockey between now and October Bettman didn't have a solid answer so much as contingency plans. We'll hear from him again in the 4 o'clock hour. It is Pinder and Steinberg on your Friday the 13th. Stay safe. Sports at 960 The Fan. Calgary guys talking Calgary sports. Pinder and Steinberg are only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Pinder and Steinberg on a Friday. Chilly out there. Yeah, that sucked. Big uh, dump of snow. Snap of the fingers. Boom, back to winter. Got to be the last one, right? March is uh, notoriously an underwhelming month in this fair city of ours. At least Jan, Feb, you're expecting cold. You know it's going to be cold. It's like, well, it's winter. It's, it's going to be some level of misery there. Mm-hmm. We're ready for it. We know we can deal with it. It's winter. March, April, tougher. God. It's like we're ready for reprieve. You're starting to see other parts of the continent uh, heat up. It looks like summer some places. And yeah, we're still. No. We got the shovels out. Shovel at night, shovel in the morning, snow drifts, wind, anger, illness, all sorts of things. Friday the 13th as well. Yeah. Uh, We will open the text line. Lots going on there. If you have something you'd like us to talk about, by all means, but we are rammed for the next uh, 45 minutes or so. Brennan Dillon will connect with in Washington, D.C. in five minutes time to see how life as a capital has gone and uh, well, life under self-quarantine. What's going on there? Uh, not fun. Here's the the unusual part. And I can't recommend enough the piece that Scott Cruikshank wrote for The Athletic on Rhett Warner being in quarantine Mm -hmm. after the uh, (laughs) SARS incident. That's right. I forgot about that. He had, I believe, Brian Connolly's sister or friend came to visit he and roommate Brian Connolly with the Sabres way back in the day. She was a nurse in Ontario. There was thought she might have been subjected to SARS and Rhett literally was not allowed to leave his home. They had a uh, special way to order food and pick it up off the line. Kirkshank's got a great article, so uh, check the athletic for that. But 
uh, we're going to talk about it. Like Brennan Dillon is a millionaire, twenty-something hockey player, that, and you'd think that'd be the spot. You, like that's position A. Well, he's not. I don't think he's allowed <laughs> to leave so much. He's looking at four walls in a room right now. Yeah, he might still be in a hotel. He got traded. Well, how long ago? What was the deadline? Not even a month ago. He could be. Yeah. Like we're talking. Uh, what the twenty-fourth of Feb was that Monday? Was yeah. the trade deadline? Seventeen days ago. Ugh. Yeah, because I guess you're not rushing in anything, and you're going from San Jose to to Washington. Free for agent this summer. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's that's the question I'm most interested in asking him. Is what's his perspective on this? What if the season doesn't finish out, or what if they want to come back and play hockey in July? His contract's good till July one. Yeah, no, there has to be serious um, coordination between the PA and the NHL if if something like that's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. Or even even playing bonuses at this point too, right? Are you prorating Here, things? Here's to... a here's a perfect example. So the Flames and Oilers do the Lucic Neal swap. Mm-hmm. Twenty one goals and ten more than Lucic would trigger a third round pick going to the Oilers from the Flames if James Neal can get to twenty one has more than ten more than Lucic. Yeah. Is that 19? Prorated on his way. Yeah. Um, play in the new year, nowhere near 20 goal pace, but like what happens there? Yeah. That was a transaction. That was a stipulation. That's something where the, the NHL is going to have to figure out, okay, well, did he get to 21? No. He was on pace for it. What do you do? Yeah. Does that move a third round pick? Does it not? I, have no, I don't know. And, there's so, like, and that's one of a so billion of little cases, things you've yeah. got to unwind. God. I feel like Flames would like a third rounder. Yeah, sure. Why not? I feel like James Neal would like another 20 goal year. Don't, don't yeah. know how much runaway he's going to have. But again, are they back in a month playing regular season games? Are they going to do some sort of a wild card situation? We've, we've had Elliot talking about an expanded playoff, essentially play in games. For the seven and eight seeds or the two wild cards, essentially you'd have a, a, a playoff for a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So the the thought being you could do seven against ten, eight against nine in both the East and the West, and those games would be hosted by the higher seeded clubs. Maybe it's a one game showdown to see who gets into the wild cards. I've always been against it, thinking like well, this tournament's already the greatest war of attrition in sport, and eighty two games already feels like too much hockey. Would they be fun games to watch? Absolutely. Is there anything wrong with the N- the NHL's postseason? No, leave it as is. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I don't. I, that's I don't I, understand the the hate for the current the current system that it's well, not rewarding enough for for teams in you know that have successful regular seasons. It's not supposed to be easy. I don't understand it's why never you're, been easy. Why you're yeah. supposed to be you know handed a, a round or two if if that's the thinking of it because you had a more successful regular season than so, somebody. Sorry. Do we see a play-in thing? Or do they go straight points percentage, in which case the Flames would be an eight seed in the West and have the mighty defending champion St. Louis Blues on top? I mean, or or maybe this this thing is we're six months in the same spot. Yeah. Where it's still social distancing and we don't know. No. I mean we're thinking about this year, but we don't have a clue about next year even. That's I, I, We're not even at that point yet. Do we know what Calgary looks like in a week? No. So how in the world are we, we supposed to guess what it like looks like in May tomorrow. or in July or in October? We don't have a clue. It might be totally life as, as as everything back to usual. Totally could be that. Might be something much, much worse. We don't. We really don't have a clue. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Brendan Dillon, Washington Capitals defenseman on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
Pinder and Steinberg in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's Friday at 3 o'clock. Cold, snowy, windy. And uh, pandemic, too. There's, there's, there's that. There's that. Not, not good. No. Uh, Patty back Monday. It's Ryan Pinder alongside Logan Gordon. And we're joined on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline by Washington Capitals defenseman Brennan Dillon. How's it going, man? It's going great, Ben. Thanks for having me. Well, you know what? We tried to connect on trade deadline day, and I feel like a jerk. We kept having these moving parts. The GM's going to be here. We got Elliot Friedman there, and I ended up having to ghost you after, as you were willing to come on and talk about being traded just weeks prior. So I owe you an apology or a round of drinks or both. Your, your choice. Hey, you know what? I had so much going on at that time. My my battery level might have been too low to chat anyway. So uh, I'll take you up on both of those as much as I can get. All right. Uh, what are you, what's going on right now, and what are you guys going through? Uh, what was the last communication you had with the hockey club? I guess where were you when when the season got canceled? Yeah, uh, definitely a lot of a lot of what ifs, a lot of things going on for for all of us in, in the hockey world, not just in the NHL, but. Um, you know, as, as you guys had stated, kind of at the minor hockey level, the junior hockey level, uh, pretty much all sports around the world, soccer, basketball, um, just, just a lot of, a lot of moving parts here. And, and, uh, for myself and, and the rest of the, the, the fellows here in Washington, we, uh, we were getting ready, uh, game day. We played Detroit here actually, uh, in DC. So, uh, we, you know, the, the night before a lot of us are pretty in, in tune with all the, the other sports and what's going on. And then a lot of us just at breakfast in the morning and, you know, when we're in the gym rolling out and whatever, you know, chatting about the NBA canceling their season and, and what impact that might have on us. And, um, for, for myself, I'm pretty involved in, you know, the PA stuff, uh, just, just, you know, the emails and the touch base with all the reps and these types of things. And you, you did hear some rumblings that there might be some, some things going on to, to maybe whether that was, you know, you play the, the, the game that night with, with teams that had already gone to the road city and, or was it going to be something that was going to be, you know, a next two week ban for sure, a month ban. And uh, yeah, we just finished our video in the morning with the coach, uh, you know, coach Todd was, was kind of giving us a lowdown on just a normal game day. And as we were getting out of our, out of our video, uh, you know, one of the PR staff and um, you know, the, the, the GM and whatnot kind of addressed the team just saying, Hey, here's, kind of what's what's going on um you know morning skate's going to be uh not off there's going to be a one o'clock call something like that eastern time and um as of right now uh that's kind of the, the plan going forward so you guys share a facility with the washington wizards um does that you know you talked about your your role in the pa or i guess you're uh, just around some of the talking points does that make the capitals a group that the NHLPA and the NHL are even more concerned about one of these 11 clubs that share a facility with an NBA team? Well, I, I think in general, uh, we're, we're only there on game nights. So we, we practice and pregame skate at our practice rink here in Virginia, actually. So we're, we're only around there on, on game nights, but I mean, every, every facility, we were just in a trip through New York. Uh, you know, we're playing at MSG where they got the Knicks going on. They also have the Rangers, obviously. And, and so they got a lot of, of different of these these venues that that share the NBA and NHL, so uh, I think whether that's you're just passing through, you're having your gear stored there overnight while you're waiting to use a room. Uh, a lot of the away dressing rooms for the NBA and NHL are the same, and uh, just a lot of different risks and uh, kind of people crossing over on different paths and same schedules. So I think overall to kind of just have everyone take care of themselves, 
take a little breather away and, and make sure that no one's sharing uh, this kind of virus, I think was, was probably in the best interest for sure. So what does a, a normal day look like for you? I don't imagine it's uh, it's running out to go see your buddies at the gym and, and hold meetings. Like This is clearly a very different reality all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the, the whole coronavirus kind of chatter and, and back when I was in California, I think, was when it was becoming more and more um, talked about and more and more of, a, obviously, an issue and, and health concern. And I think as it got into that January, end of January, early February, more and more cases uh, kind of based out of Europe and in China there specifically. And, and then, you know, you hear about the one or two uh, flight that gets into San Francisco or Seattle and um, once I got out here to DC, I was I was obviously spending a lot of time on an air in an airport on an airplane and doing a lot of traveling. So um, whether it was family members or friends that were reaching out and like, hey, you know, are you washing your hands? Are you taking care of all these types of things? Um, you know, it just becomes more and more real. And uh, for for me now, um, I've been in a hotel room for the last two weeks, whatever it's been here, um, close to the practice rink. Um, you know, a bunch of us are. Or pretty much that's that seems to be kind of the status quo for a lot of us. No one's really leaving. No one's getting on any planes or going back. And and again, when it goes back to the what ifs, uh, we don't know if we're going to be getting back on the ice in two weeks, in a month, in a week, whatever it might be. So uh, again, lots of, lots of kind of moving parts and, and just kind of get healthy, make sure you're healthy and, um, you know, go from there. Caps defenseman Brendan Dillon joining us on Pinner and Steinberg here on Sports at 960 The Fan. Brennan, just a, a bit of a big picture question for us. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, maybe seeing the league come back at a later time and maybe even into the summer. I'm curious how it is from your perspective. You're a unrestricted free agent come July 1. Uh, and if you're talking about playing hockey past that point, what does that look like for you? Have you thought about that? Have you talked to your agent about that? Is it a, a PA thing or is that just so far out of your mind right now that you're just kind of, worried about when you'll get to play hockey again yeah well i think i think that sort of stuff um for me it's been a it's been a really unique year with with everything that went on to the trade deadline to now being in the home stretch and, and being a part of a you know a really good hockey team a hockey team that's in first place and, and, and looking forward to I was looking forward to, to having a long run here. And, and I think when something like this happens, um, you know, there's different teams, there's different players, friends of mine that, uh, you know, were unfortunately not looking like they were going to be in playoffs. There was some friends of mine or guys around the league that, you know, were right in that thick of things, uh, whether that was a point out of a wild card spot or, um, you know, looking for home ice, whatever it might be. And uh, I think for, for me personally, that was the, the, the biggest thing on my mind, uh, the free agency stuff. Um, you know, that stuff's going to happen when it happens. And um, I'm sure just with, with the uncertainty of, of when the, the, the regular season is going to continue, how playoffs are going to get sorted out, um, you know, just talking amongst the guys on the team here in Washington, um, we're, we're, we're pretty certain that things are going to get back and, and running hopefully sooner than later. But, um, to, you know, we're, we're trying to, to do your best, whether that's at home or, you know, you're in your hotel gym or whatever it might be trying to lift a couple of weights here and there and, and try and keep in shape as best you can, but at the same time being as safe and healthy as you can. And, and I think for a lot of players around the league, um, you know, whether that's their families, uh, guys with young kids, whatever it might be, um, trying to first and foremost, make sure they're safe and, um, I think for every team, for you know myself included, having you know the fans, so you, you know there was talks that there was going to be games where there was no one in attendance, and 
Um, I don't know if that's, again, who, who knows what the best course of action is going to be, um, but, but hopefully everyone can, can be safe in the, in the long run. Brendan Dillon joining us, uh, Caps defenseman. All right, give us, give us the list. What's, uh, you're at a hotel, which complicates matters, you know, yeah, traded. But is there a, is there a must, uh, do you have like a power rankings of, of TV shows you're ready to binge watch? Do you, are, you ready to, are you ready to fest to the, to the guilty pleasures? Oh, man. Well, I mean, between Netflix and HBO Go, uh, the, the laptop, uh, I've got a little bit of the, everything on the go. I mean, I, um, I don't even know where to, where to start on that. I was in Better Call Saul the other night. I've been watching that Gabriel Fernandez, uh, I think the new one there, Netflix original. Um, you know, again, just <laughs> watching a little bit of hockey on your, you know, from previous games, whatever it might be, just to keep that in the back of your mind too. And then, then again, just, just trying to keep yourself busy. I might, I might have to pop down to the local Best Buy and grab an Xbox or PlayStation 4 to <laughs> keep myself entertained here. Cause again, uh, we're not really sure how long this is going to be. And, um, again, you know, even for us, uh, there's, there's lots of your teammates that are around too, but, but again, you want to make sure everyone's uh, healthy first and foremost, and, and then we can go from there. Brendan, thanks for the time. Do appreciate it, man. Very kind of you to share some with us and, uh, we, we hope you avoid the stir craziness and, uh, the, the boredom subsides quickly, uh, rather than, uh, you know, dragging on into the spring. Yeah. Feel free to give us a call if you need something to do, Brendan. <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said, these uh, the four walls here at this hotel will have to do for now. And uh, if I need anything else, uh, definitely I'll let you know. And then, since I got a couple things I got to take up from you from the last one. So, yep. <laughs> round of beers when we're allowed to be in public. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. No worries, boys. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. Brendan Dillon of uh, the Washington Capitals joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The same secret recipe since 1975. Give them a call 403 248 3344 or find them at 6060 Memorial Drive. Northeast. So you think about the average NHLer, then you mix in a guy who was traded just ahead of the deadline, mm-hmm. still in a hotel room. Yeah, and I, I was just, I was just oh, thinking man. that I'm like, you know, I know no one's going to sit there and feel bad for me and get all the money, but that's really a, a tough situation in a place that you know he's a BC guy who's played in Dallas and and San Jose for his entire career. He's played all of ten games with Washington, and now he's stuck in a hotel room. You know, not near any of his teammates, not really everybody he knows all that much, and. You know, oh, you just you know, hang out for an unspecified amount of time in the hotel, have fun. Yeah, we don't know when you're gonna, you know, just hang around. Yeah, you you got that room for a couple of weeks, eh, Brandon? Right here, you should be fine. I wonder what, and, and it was funny. I saw some quotes from Mark Shapiro, the president and CEO of the Blue Jays, where he said, "If players are worried about their family situations or want to be with their families mm-hmm. in this, you know, uncertain time," he said, "We're we're totally fine with them returning home if that's what." they want to do if that's what makes them feel safe. And a lot of guys that play uh, in the majors do set up shop or off-season homes around Florida or Arizona because it's just very, very convenient for the amount of time they have spring training. If if you live nearby, it doesn't hurt. They're also really decent places when your off-season is the winner. You probably don't want to like pick Boston as a, no. as a place to build a mansion. No. But Shapiro was saying he was totally fine with allowing players to head home and see their families. I, I don't know what. I mean, we're so fresh in this. It feels like, okay, it's happened for a while. It was yesterday they canceled this thing. Yeah. Yesterday morning, 11. Yeah, like, they had the Board of Governors this, call at 11 a.m. Calgary time. Yeah. So by we're, we're, what, 27 hours, essentially, since the yeah. cancellation of the season? Yeah. How long are they going to let guys sit in hotel rooms versus get home? Or is it like, look, if Brennan Dillon's home is in one of the worst counties in the U.S. for infection well, in Santa say, what Clara. If what if it's New York like, where the family is? Yeah. Like, or, or, holy. So where are you doing that? What, what, like, this is all the, the kind of logistical uh, 
untangling that the league, the PA, teams, and players are going to have to sort out here the longer this drags. I don't know what a best-case scenario looks like, but the NBA did say that their suspension of play would last a minimum of 30 days. I think that's probably an okay starting point when we could talk about the NHL because I don't know how dissimilar A, the league schedules are, B, the situation. The only obvious big difference is that there hasn't been an NHL player that has tested positive for the virus as of now. But doesn't that feel like about as quick as they could turn this around? 30 days, if that's what the the NBA is saying, it's the minimum suspension. Is that not feel like a best case scenario for the NHL? Yeah, probably. And uh, Peter Labardi has brought this this up yesterday too, and it's interesting with Brendan, who who mentioned that he's part of league talks with the PA and all that sort of stuff, and keeping an eye on it. Is you know the players want some fair notice to this as well, so that they can get back skating, they can get back to working out. Uh, you know, and then some people maybe they don't feel comfortable coming back just yet. What is you know, how, what does that look like? Because you mentioned Brendan Dillon's at a hotel. There's no skating rink at the hotel for him to go and keep in shape and do all this sort of stuff. For him to, you know, just all of a sudden be like, okay, next week you're back playing real NHL hockey. Is that realistic? How much time do we need They're to give gonna them? They're going to have to hold mini camps, aren't they? Time? They yeah, are. They yeah. absolutely and, are. And so here's another example. Like, Let's say you're one of the thousand Swedes on the Flames <laughs> roster <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, right? They added another Gustafson, one of the deadline. Yep. Gustafsson, you've already got... Lindholm Backlund, and Backlund Anderson. and Rasmus Anderson. I mean, it doesn't have to be Sweden, but I'm making a point. What if your your family's overseas? And I know that, you know, Michael Backlund, this is home. Yeah. His family's here. But when do international players have the green light to say, I'm going home? I, I, you know, like we've got a place that, you know, mama's got the, the pantry all filled up. I'm just going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to hunker down and lock down the place there. Yeah rather than here. I, I don't know what that looks like. Well, that- yeah, and I think the the point that I, I heard uh, vice versa of that was, you know, KHL season-wise, right? We're banned, we're restricting travel from international countries. If you're a Canadian playing over in the K, you know, you want to come back to your family and be around, you know, your normal surroundings where you would spend your off-season. Well, that looks completely different now for you. They uh, played in front of an empty rink, I believe it would be today in Russia, which is earlier. Um, in Moscow, I believe. So, how long does that last? I think the other the other conundrum here. I don't know is, how much the K has been worried about revenue for a while, anyway. No, no, yeah, that, that's a fair point. If there was a league that isn't worried about the bottom line, it's that one. They're, they're already paying players more than they make, mm-hmm. and that's part of being in in Putin's club and yeah. being in the league <laughs> and all that comes with that. But I just like could can that last? Or and Russia's been very late to receiving the virus, or at least you know re- reporting positive tests of the virus. So maybe they it's just a different time frame. But that uh, like there's not much left that's going. Like we no. we went through a list of about forty things that have been canceled in the world of sports. I don't know. Like beyond the K, who's still going? The CPL, by the way, we talked about it off the top. The Canadian Premier League, the the, the uh, fledgling soccer league, about to start year two. We said, oh, they hadn't canceled anything yet, but, you know, they've got some time. Training wasn't going to start for another probably week or two. Well, between now and then, it's even changed. They have now placed a two-week hold on training. So at this juncture, no one can gather and train until the 27th, and that date will likely continue to slide back if things don't get better 
or you know, I guess conversely, if things get worse, they're they're going to push that date back. So even since we listed the forty things that weren't operating, like there's even more are jumping on that list in the last forty five minutes an hour. I don't know what what what, what happens next. The, I, I, think I don't the, think no. I, I don't mean, think Bettman knows. We're going to no. listen to him again at four. I mean, they have all kinds of different, I guess, um, contingency contingency plans. Like okay, if if this virus is contained in Canada and the USA to a point where medical experts believe that we can operate safely and it's not overwhelming healthcare systems and it's not seeing a death rate rise because of it's so overwhelming a medical system and public places are becoming safe or whatever the case may be. You see the number of cases dropping rather than rising. That's obviously what everyone wants. Then we get sports back. Yeah. Then we can, you know, go to places where people gather. Yeah. We get to do that special handshake that we do like we hit a home run or you know no handshake handshakes are off do that can't do that today we're gonna do that afterwards now that you've mentioned it once this pandemic's done we'll we'll do the special handshake to celebrate because we've been without it for so long sounds fair but uh that would they're, they're gonna have all kinds of contingencies i believe that the nhl has on the table something that would include a culmination of the regular season, maybe not in full form, but at least an opportunity for some of these teams that didn't know there was going to be a, it's over, there's your points percentage, and you're out. Yeah. The Winnipeg Jets are point zero zero one out of a playoff spot by points percentage. How pissed would you be if you were a Jet and they started a playoffs in, say, late April? Oh, yeah, and by the way, you guys missed by point zero one. Like, what? We thought we had 13 games left. Well, yeah, and even that, you mentioned the games, the games remaining aren't equal for all these teams well, well, either, That's right? why some it has to be points percentage. More and- yeah. So, uh, so if we had the so. two more games to play, where would we be? I mean, that wouldn't be fair, but the the very, I guess, dark contingency plan is that this thing ain't nowhere near under control, and we're into the summer, and they're not handing out a Stanley Cup for the first time since 1919? Or yeah. I guess when the, the lockout. lockout in 05, 12, and in the 90s, they, they managed to give it away with an abbreviated season. But I think it's still evolving. Oh, I, I, of course it is. is. That's the that's the that is the entirety of my it's point. Just, is that it's it would be a fool's errand to guess how this thing ends because three days ago we thought everything was hunky dory. I want to. I really want to know, and I'm curious, and no one's been able to give this. And I don't know that we'd ever hear about it until it actually came down. But what's what's the drop dead date? What is the day that they say, "Look, this is a fool's errand. We're not going to be able to do this." There's just no way that we can properly finish out the season huh. and have a playoff. Like, what's what's that date for them? Is and, that and the middle of next month? Is that? I think they two would have months away. I have no idea. Different dates for different finishes to the season. If you wanted to do the top four in each conference by points percentage, get into the postseason, you could obviously start it way later. Yeah, because the tournament would have one round fewer. Uh, if you wanted to simply have the four division winners go into something, that would even allow you to start it later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want a normal 82 game schedule plus four rounds of best of sevens, you got to get moving real quick here. Yeah. And it doesn't look like anything's moving real quick because all we're seeing is a list of things being suspended, paused, canceled, not now starting up again. We're nowhere near that. No. It doesn't feel like, at least. I don't think so. I mean, it was just canceled yesterday. Uh, by the way, uh, drop dead. Maybe not the right uh, team. Ah, yeah. Uh, and someone very so, upset that I'm using points this. percentage. when I, that, that is exactly how 
if, if there's no more regular season, that is how, we do how they will sort it. So yeah. I know that you're not happy with it, and you like wins. But when one team's played four more than another, there's only one way to really – yeah, it's points percentage. So I know you're mad. I know you probably don't like calculators and things like division. Big numbers. But that division. is how literally the standings – are well, seated if games played aren't even across the board, which they aren't. And I don't see how you can make them even uh, without finishing a regular season where we're, the clock's running. The grains of sand are flying through the hourglass right now. We'll come back with Elliot Friedman. We'll see what his thoughts are on uh, the virus, the NHL, and and what a resumption of play might indeed look like. That's all ahead. Pinner and Steinberg for Glenmore Audi. Sports at 960 The Fan. Calgary guys talking Calgary sports. Pinder and Steinberg are only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. All right, it's Friday the 13th. Unusual time to be sure. Probably won't hurt to be a little safe, right? Social distancing, is that the terminology? We've got all kinds of words. Um, Definitely uh, leave space. Don't be touching your face, apparently. And, uh, yeah, wash those hands, sanitizers, wipe down your workstation. I'm looking at a, uh, a container of germ buster hand sanitizer. I think Logan's been shooting this stuff, but I think it's supposed to be your hands. You don't drink it, right? No, just the hands. Okay, stop drinking that. Uh, earlier today, Morning Show guys had a chance to chat with Elliot Friedman. And they started the conversation with, uh, well, what Wednesday was like when he found out season could be canceled. Sure. I mean, like, honestly, guys, like, it took me a while yesterday to remember who won that game. Um, I have almost no recollection of anything that happened in that game. It was, it was a good game, too, I guess, between the Jets and the Oilers. But I have, I have literally no recollection of, of what happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because, you know, the moment you realize that there was something weird going on in that basketball game, and I think the other thing, too, is, you know, you don't have to be a sports fan to understand the significance of that tweet that comes from Tom Hanks and announcing that him and Rita Wilson have it. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that this whole situation, it started to hit home uh, then. And then, of course, we hear, we, get, we hear about the positive test with Rudy Gobert, and we hear about... Um, you know, obviously the, the stunning and quick suspension, it was so fast. The, the story changed so fast. That was the thing that really blew me away, guys, was how we went from, okay, we're going to start to see games without fans to, you know what, we're not seeing any games at all. It was, it was really surreal. And uh, just the amount of texts that were coming in from people, like, what do you think this means? Are we going to play? Um I, I think I think people, not players, executives, everybody, they were in shock about how quickly it happened. And, and on that note, Elliot, I know that obviously they wanted to evaluate everything. Were you surprised at all by the NHL waiting till Thursday? The NBA cancels Wednesday night. I know it's hard when you've got league games going on at that time, especially ones on the West Coast that don't end till you know, one in the morning Eastern time. But were you surprised at, at the NHL taking essentially another half day to, to mull things over? You know, I think now, from what I know, guys, the decision was going to be made to cancel, or, or sorry, postpone, pause, whatever phrase you want to use. They just wanted to make sure they had everything lined up. Um, I, I, from what I know now, it was there was never any doubt they weren't going to play. 
but um, they didn't just didn't know what they just didn't they just wanted to make sure everything was done properly. And I, I understand that. I think with twenty twenty hindsight guys, we were never playing. They just wanted to make sure the process was done right. It's very very Batman in that way, right? That we're, make sure it's done right. Because yeah. I was thinking even the uh, you know even the Bill Peters firing or or resignation it was going to happen and then the brakes went on he's nothing if not deliberate but very i mean obviously highly intelligent and very methodical but well thought out i'm not surprised that that's the way it shook down at all and i would guess it would be the Uh, same was on the conference call yesterday with the other with the with the owners dean it wasn't like he gave them a choice yeah he said this is what we're doing do any of you have anything that you want to say and that's kind of the way it went down. Yeah. Now I know Elliot, you've been uh, you've been talking about this for a little while. We've joked about it in the past in terms of the play-in games. We don't know when it resumes, but I would imagine this might be a nice time to experiment with said play-in game for the playoffs. No, they're going to do something different. There's no question in my mind that, and they did say this yesterday too. They are open to the ideas of doing something that is different. And this is going to be the year to experiment. Like, like I'll tell you that there was a player on one of the teams in one of the conferences that right now in the standings, they are out of the playoffs, but they're close. Like they could legitimately make it. And we were talking yesterday and he was saying like, we're all as a group uh, telling uh, each other that if the season resumes and we don't get a chance, we're, we're going to vote against anything that happens. And you know they're going to lose they're going to lose revenue here. So I do think they will look at creative ways to create the playoffs and expand the field. And so I think that's kind of what we're looking at, guys. And I, I think that one of the things that could happen is play-in games. I had one GM suggest to me, do we do a March Madness style tournament? I think all of this stuff is going to be on the table, and I think they're going to try to get. And, you know, when, when this ends, whenever it is, there's going to be people are going to be excited. They're going to they're going to miss it. They're going to want it back. And it's the opportunity to do something that really captures that. And I think the NHL understands that. And I think they're going to look at doing it. And I'm re- I really hope they are willing to say this is an unusual year, so we're going to try unusual things. I'm with you, I, because somebody's going to come out on the on on the end feeling like they got jobbed on this. Yep. But at the end of the day, the trump card will be we we had no choice. It was it was out of our hands, and we had to come up with something unique anyway. I'm with you. I I hope that if it gets back, that they do try something a little bit creative. I I think everybody would be up for it. Uh, and I and I think they're interested in that. I. I do think this is going to be the year we see. And the fact that Batman said he's interested in hearing what ideas that says to me that they will be doing something like that. Now, I don't know if anyone knows the answer, but I'm curious how the people you've talked to, like, could this affect next season, depending when they resume play? Are we looking at maybe a potential, you know, 72 game season next year if they don't start till October, uh, November? I do think that will be an issue depending on when we, when or if we come back and, and when it happens. You know, as you guys have heard, they, teams were asked about, are you, how do you feel about playing in July? And I think someone told me last night they were also told, asked, how do you feel about playing in August? 
And if you do that, then you're not starting next year on time. Right. So um, what I think is they want to see if they can get it done before the Olympics. You do not want to go head-to-head with the Olympics. And I think the Olympics start on July 22nd or something like that. Assuming they uh, start. Yeah. Assuming they start, yes. But th- we're assuming that with everything right yeah. now. So you're looking at you're looking at that. So if you finish your year in mid July, um, you know I think you're probably not looking at starting the season until uh, what November. But yes, I think you do look at a pushback. We were talking this morning that if if teams, depending on how they do a cutoff, if they come back, who's the most disappointed, or whether they come back or not, they're going to start the 2021 season. Uh, you look at the Arizona Coyotes. We, they, we've traded for Taylor Hall. We were in the division lead. Right now we're four points out of a playoff spot, and, and we're done. There, there will be the other side, like you say, the, uh, the teams that will be voting hard against anything uh, that doesn't work in their favor. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'll happen, but that's why I think, like, you know, Anthony Stewart, I thought, made a really good point last night when we were talking about it on the show, like if you look at my, the play and idea that I have suggested in the past, if you went by points percentage guys, the team that just misses who's 11th in the East is the New York Rangers. Now I'm telling you that I could see a situation where someone says, whatever these playoffs are, we've got to have the Rangers in them. And you know what? They probably deserve to get in. They're good. Like they're, they're right there. They're, they're legitimately in the race. So I've got no problem with that. And I I think you will see that kind of thing happen. You know, Arizona is the team. If you look at go 11 teams deep in the East, that's the Rangers by points percentage. If you go 11 teams deep in the West, that's the Coyotes. So, you know, I, I could see it. Like, you know what? If they wanted to throw 24 teams in there and say this, this year is unique, we're doing it this way. I'm good with that. I, if there's and if there's ever a year and you know it's funny I was I was doing my hit in Toronto this morning and they were talking about like what happens if it's a March Madness tournament you you have to be you play a two out of three all the way through or three out of five and the Leafs win the Stanley Cup and everybody else is yelling asterisk asterisk I'll tell you one thing the team that puts up the Stanley Cup banner in that situation. There's no asterisk. Yeah, they that will, Yeah, they will and not the party, care. No, and the party is going to be just as big. There's going to be no asterisk party. Yeah, so do it. Uh, Ed Friedman with the morning show, guys. You catch him uh, Monday afternoons on Pinder and Steinberg, and Friday mornings with uh, Boomer in the morning. What he's talking about, if you uh, haven't parsed through the the numbers, if if you have eleven teams in each conference in, uh, well, you could have more rounds, or you could, I suppose, have three play-in rounds. You could have six against 11, seven against 10, eight against nine. The winner of each of those three play-in series could get the final playoff spots. And I think it would be fairer to teams like Florida and New York who are just barely on the outside looking in. The Islanders um, or Columbus would be another one of those teams on the outside looking in by very, very narrow margins of points percentage. The Winnipeg Jets are out by .01 points percentage if it's just a top eight. You let them, Nashville, Minnesota, Arizona compete. They're that uh, 
Wouldn't be boring, but what no. we do need to do is get, you know, this whole pandemic settled down yeah, quickly for yeah. us to get to something like that occurring. It's a small hurdle in the way. It's a wee little thing we got to worry, worry about. about Snowing yeah. and pandemic things. So, uh, the snow is fine. I don't, I don't mind the snow. The cold, we're used to this stuff. It's the uh, the global pandemic that's a little newer, to, mm. to be sure. Uh, by the way, if uh, you are looking for the latest on exactly what's going on with the coronavirus as it spreads around the globe. You can trust our sister station, 660 News, to bring you the most up-to-date information on the COVID-19 virus. They cut through the clutter and bring you the facts, including the latest numbers in your community and around the world, updates on the fight against the virus, and how to minimize your risk. Your health matters. Your safety matters. Stay informed on COVID-19, Calgary's most trusted source for breaking news, traffic, and weather. And now the fight against the coronavirus. 660 News on the AM dial and online at 660news.com. Step aside. We'll come back. We're going to do uh, something fun. It's uh, my, We're going to talk about something sporty and non-virusy. Oh, nice. And we'll change pace, right? Yeah. Also, Flames Roundtable, 4 o'clock, our last chance to check in with Derek Wills ahead of what uh, is an indefinite pause on the NHL schedule. No point bringing in Wilsey next week. There's no news developing on the hockey club. Uh, now, if, no. if we get the moment the boys are back at the rink or you see a little mini training camp, you can expect uh, Derek to be back with his coverage of uh, all things Calgary Flames. Roundtable at four and Gary Bettman's conversation with Hockey Central at noon coming up in the four o'clock hour as well. That's all ahead on Pinner and Steinberg for Glenmore Audi. Sports at 960 The Fan. Calgary guys talking Calgary sports. Tinder and Steinberg are only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Pretty heavy newsy week, no question. All of sports have been canceled. Hope you're doing okay with that. <laughs> All oh, sports man. radio station. It's funny how quick it happened. Was it Wednesday night the NBA canceled? Did a doctor run out before the tip-off of the... Jazz game? I can't remember the ESPN reporter that had it, but he had You're the like, story what? that was uh, Oklahoma City was playing Utah, yeah. and Chris Paul goes over to the bench while they're waiting for tip-off to go over, and he's like, hey, like we heard Rudy. Something's up with Rudy. What's going on? And they're like, dude, get the F away from us right now. We are sick, and Rudy's being tested. Get away from us. And we were, everyone's sitting there going... Oh, that's really good that we're about to play a basketball game against you guys. Holy. Or so they thought. Yeah. That game was canceled. The NBA season was canceled immediately after, and we've seen basically every other league in sport follow suit. There's very few outliers. You can go find some uh, National Rugby League in Australia, perhaps, hmm. some KHL hockey, but uh, generally speaking, most sports on earth ground to a halt. The poor XFL. We hardly knew ye. Just getting warm on it. I was just, I was just figuring out what the team names were for the yeah. cities. You know, we were you know, Tampa Bay Vipers. I was maybe crushing my team for, for Peter in quarantine. <laughs> no more XFL on the weekend. He'll be back next week. I hope that's that's a long two weeks for him. Oh God. Uh, okay, so here's here's the theory. Or the, the theory. Here's the challenge I'm, I'm posting for you. We may have NHL playoffs. We heard Elliot talk a lot about different formats and different ways to include more teams rather than the traditional 16. Given that. Uh, I think it's doubtful you'll see a finish of the regular season with a lot of teams sort of in that, what, 67 to 70 games played. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least allow teams the opportunity to to get into the top eight if there's a plan or just include more teams in the tournament. What are some dream playoff series you want to see? And oh. it doesn't necessarily have to all fit together. Like, oh, I want this here, so that means this team has to be there. I mean, just who do you want to see? Because whether it's a best of three, best of five, best of seven, wild card plan, Eastern Conference final, 
what do we want to see in a series? I, I will allow you to dream, Logan Gordon. Well, I appreciate that. And, and look, the, the easy one that I've, I've wanted to, and it was looking so good for so long until we just canceled everything, and uh, it's the local one. I mean, because I've never seen it, and I've only heard these magical things about a Battle of Alberta in the postseason, and because it's been so venomous this season – you know, just to, to get that hype level for oh, it'd be unbelievable. Alberta, it'd be the greatest thing. It's pretty much got to be like, like if you just hop of everyone. If you poll NHL fans, not even Alberta, like, get out of Alberta, get out of Canada. Has there been more hype around a single single regular season game than there was the rematch and the fallout of the Zach Cassie and Matthew Kachuk Battle of Alberta? I believe number four. Yeah, like that. That, that was the the most hyped regular season game we've had this year. Everyone wants the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, everyone wants to see Kachuk and Cassian in a playoff series, and you know Mike Smith going up against his old team. Talbot it could might be, be the Talbot. starter at the other end. Holy, right? like there's so many good storylines, and not to mention the fact that they just absolutely seem to despise each other. The hate's back on every level. I am right? here for that. The even hate is back. Not even if Talbot's not Ned Riddick and the stip fl- uh, stick flip and Drysaddle sure. hates that. So. Uh, that would be number one on my list. That would be okay. for sure. I'll throw there. one at you. Yeah. Battle of Pennsylvania is back. Yeah. Philadelphia Flyers won nine in a row before losing, I believe, their last game before the season pause. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have been limping, but aren't getting banged up while games aren't being played. They sure. are getting healthier. How good oh. would the Flyers and Penguins be? Not necessarily a similar field of the last few iterations of it, because... Flyers are going to be the two seed here in my dream scenario. They're coming in mm-hmm. hot down the stretch. Th- them hosting Sydney, the underdog Melkin Crosby Penguins. Oh, God. How amazing would that be? Put Battle of Alberta one night and that the other. Oh, it's a ratings banana. Or even they do stagger the, those. Do the Eastern time slot thing sure. if you had to do it. Double header. Five o'clock start is your. Uh, in Pittsburgh or Philly, and then head to Edmonton or Calgary eight. for the eight o'clock yes. starts. I'm all for it. I'm all for one it. One time I'd be up for those eight o'clock starts. I'd like that one a whole lot. Okay, give me another. You can stay in either the Metro or the Pacific, or you can you can branch out a little further. Um, I would like to stay in the Eastern Conference, and I would like to see a battle of opposites. I would like to see a matchup between the Washington Capitals and the New York Islanders mm. in round one. What to, what about that gets you salivating? Uh, Barry Trotz. That's happened to win a Stanley line. Cup with the Washington Capitals yeah, and then immediately became a... the coach of the New York Islanders. And the, also, the Trotz Revenge Bowl. Yeah. And also, Washington just like you just, they're pounding the puck in all the time. They're that whole offensive scoring team. And the Islanders have, you know, under Barry Trotz, their old coach in Washington, you know, they've been the, the sturdy wall against everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just two opposite styles, and I feel like it ramps up playoff time. I'd be all for that, and I love the the storyline of Barry Trotz going up against his old team. I don't mind that at all. Don't mind that one bit. Uh, here's one for you. Incredibly unlikely due to a, a pretty miserable 10-game stretch from the Lightning. They looked like they could pass Boston, but Boston has continued to stay hot, and Tampa's incredible run finally came to an end. Give me Boston Toronto again. That was you know what that <laughs> was actually next because, on my list. Because it's it's the scar tissue series. Everyone oh in Toronto will melt down and freak out, which is always good. Um there is so much history of that rivalry, like back to back years, and then the time prior 
was one of the most epic collapses we've seen in playoff hockey. It wasn't quite Vegas-San Jose last year with the major penalty. But, I mean, that collapse in, I want to say, 2013. Yeah. Where the Leafs were up three goals in the third period only to fall. I mean, that that was – there's so much – it's been so one-sided thus far, but – that that's a series I'll watch any day of the week. And it, look, Toronto wasn't bad last year. Cadre no. did something stupid again and got suspended again in a series against the Bruins. Yep, they led that series, I believe, one nothing, two one, three two. Yeah, I believe you're right. Too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And they end up losing it again to uh, to Boston. I, I'll sign up for that every single year. It's original six. It's two fan bases that absolutely despise each other. It's close. The fans travel. I'll take Bruins and Leafs. Uh, that's a, that's a top three re- request for me. And you know what? It wouldn't be that hard to imagine it in a world either if Toronto were to fall into a wild card spot, if Florida were to overtake them in that spot, and then Boston that's right. sees them uh, as the a wild card spot, meaning it was a one. What's going to be difficult is falling out of the Atlantic top three and still having a wild card. Yes. Because the because metric teams of the wild so card have been that much better. There. But um, it's not, I mean, we might not have any more playoff games, but th- this no. is why we dream. It's true. This is, we don't have regular season games to determine seating. Um, what else is on your mind? I, I have a tough time finding the best matchup in the central. I just want to wait for the second round on that one. Yeah. Cause it feels like the blues and abs would be insane, especially if both those teams get healthy. You get a Tarasenko back for the blues. You get Ranton and Kadri and company, McKinnon. Grubauer, McKinnon all back for the abs. That that's a series I'm tuning in for because it's kind of, Two different philosophies on how to play. Now, both deep, both very good teams, but Colorado can just fly, fly. And St. Louis is that we're going to use our shoulders and wear you down and, you know, sap your will in a seven-game series. I'm, I'd am i be down for abs blues, but I, I feel like that's maybe the second round, not the opening round. We get it. Yeah, it's been it, the Western ones are a little bit more because there's only so few situations where you can kind of bring in a natural rivalry. The one that I saw between a one and a wild card that immediately piqued my interest when we were doing this uh, exercise was uh, give me Vegas Winnipeg round one. Winnipeg just has a different kind of gritty feel to them. They've been, you know, they've had it. They've been kind of down on their luck. They lost every conceivable defenseman this offseason. And Connor Hellebuck's had a Vesna caliber trophy year and, you know, there's yep. some of the teams I feel like, you know, Vegas just plays that big, heavy game. We saw it against Calgary, and uh, I feel like the Jets are one of the teams that might be able to uh, buck up against them like that. You see a Wheeler and a Shifley in that kind of series. I'd be really interested in seeing Vegas and Winnipeg in a round one matchup. I got one more for you. Sure. Do you remember a series that went the, the distance in round one last year that we could very easily see in the East? about the Caps and the Canes again? Oh, yeah. I like that. Because the Canes rallied hard in that and then went on that Cinderella run with the storm surge all the way. I guess they didn't do the storm surge in the playoffs. All the way to the uh, f- Final Four. Like they, they, they went to the Eastern Conference Final. I- Did Ovechkin and Svechnikov fight in the playoffs? Is that when Ovechkin knocked them goofy? I think so. Because, yeah, that was a storyline in that series. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So I couldn't remember if that was regular season. Was that game two or three in that series? April 15th, 2019. There it is. And he's just wiped out on the ground. Dummied him. Oof. Yeah, that was was not a bad series at all. Plus, it feels a bit like offense against defense. I mean, that's oversimplifying things a ton, but 
Washington feels like this dynamic group that can pile up offense in waves, and I don't know if there's a better blue line, at least one healthy, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, if they delay stuff, maybe Dougie Hamilton can yeah, come back. Knows? Maybe hey? they'll, have, they'll have nine top six defensemen in, <laughs> in Carolina willing to play after they got Shea and Vatnan at the deadline. They didn't have Vatnan play for them yet. Crazy. Yeah. Weird world, man. 359. We will come back with a Flames roundtable. It on the other side with Derek Wills, our last chance to chat with the play-by-play voice of the Flames on these very airwaves on exactly what's gone on over a wild three-day window here in Calgary for the Flames, who were supposed to play the Islanders last night and close out a homestand tomorrow against the Jets. And then, oh yeah, they were going to go to New York. And that's... uh, they're staying home. Not going to happen. They're, they're Netflixing and chilling instead. It's 4 o'clock roundtable around the corner. Sports at 960 The Fan. Tinder and Steinberg continues. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, Friday the 13th. An incredibly wild and uncharted week that we have uh, gone through what lies ahead we don't know. It is time for our Flames roundtable. And joining us is Derek Wills on the phone line, Logan Gordon and Ryan Pinder in studio. Mr. Wills, I have uh, not seen you in person for a while, uh, walk us through what had to be the the wildest week of your NHL career. Yeah, I don't need, ever need to have another week like this. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but what was a really tough to swallow loss to the Golden Knights on Sunday feels like it was about six months ago. I mean, just a week from hell, let's be honest. I mean, between the outbreak of the coronavirus and you know the, the game on on Wednesday, I mean, it, it or Thursday uh, doesn't take place. I mean, we had a conference call with, with Kelly Kirsch on Wednesday night, and at that point, um, Lou and I were informed we would not be traveling with the team to New York. So we would have to call the games off of a monitor. So we went from that to the NBA putting its season on hold to the NHL pausing its season, and now everybody's wondering if and when it's going to pick up again. So uh, a lot's been going on, and uh, obviously the worst thing that's happened this week, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is that Ken King, who did so much for so long for the city of Calgary and uh, for Southern Alberta, passes away, and and his long battle with cancer comes to an end. So, yeah, a week that uh, I won't forget, but in a lot of ways I'd like to. Yeah, no kidding. And and the the weeks that lie ahead are just as uncertain, if not more, um, what's the latest communication you've had with the club in terms of what everyone is is doing or, or where they're doing what they're doing in terms of personnel, players, and others? Well, right now the league is still trying to figure that out. And I think the NHL and the NHLPA are working together to come up with some sort of plan of what's acceptable. But I would be surprised if there was any team-sanctioned practices, uh, maybe even non-team-sanctioned practices, as as guys would have in a couple of weeks leading up to training camp anytime soon. I mean, they've got to get this thing contained. And right now, a lot of players, if they're not being told to quarantine themselves, uh, have made that decision on their own. So uh, I think it's probably going to be uh, at least a few more days before we know what is going to be acceptable and wasn't what isn't going to be acceptable. Is I think the, the NHL and every other league has to kind of take excuse from local health organizations and, and from the World Health Organization. So a lot of questions, not a lot of answers right now, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it, what was funny, the moment that they canceled the season, immediately you can sort the eight teams that are theoretically in a playoff spot by points percentage because games played aren't even. 
the Flames, uh, by that measure, line up as the number eight and would theoretically have a St. Louis matchup. Now, who knows if we have playoffs? Who knows if they can finish the regular season? Who knows if there's something in the middle that's that's neither of those two options? But uh, how, how has that uh, sat with you, the notion that teams expecting to play a dozen or more games, all of a sudden the guillotine comes down and that's the, that, that theoretically where you are in the standings on that one day could be it. Is that something that you've thought about or that you think players would react to? Well, hopefully they don't have to cancel the season. Hopefully they are just pressing pause. And to be honest, Ryan, I, I just, I can't imagine they're going to be playing hockey two weeks from now. I really can't. A month from now, I guess that's a little bit easier to wrap my head around. A month and a half, two months, sure, if they can get this thing contained. But containing the coronavirus and making sure that everybody is safe from the players to the coaches to the managers to the staff to the fans, obviously, that, that's got to be priority number one right now. As far as what it looks like if they do come back, and I'm more positive today than I was I would say early yesterday that they will at some point in time, just after hearing what Gary Bettman had to say, after hearing what John Dean and, and obviously Brad Treleving had to say, and, and what was said in other markets as well, that there seems to be a real want to finish this thing in some way, shape, or form. As far as I'm concerned, every team has played a minimum of 68 games and a maximum of 71 games. And I know it wouldn't be completely fair to teams that are point percentage is out of a playoff spot right now the flames would be the number eight seed in the western conference based on point percentage and i would be okay if, if they just said okay listen and enough games have been played we're just going to put the, the top 16 teams in or top eight in each conference in based on point percentage but if you're the winnipeg jets or a team that's just on the outside looking in i can understand them being upset about that and, and elliot friedman said on our station earlier today that there are players on those teams that would vote against it because they don't think it's fair. So well, what I think is fair, I think is different from what those teams think is fair. And ultimately, I think they've got to try to get everybody on the same page or at least as, as much as humanly possible here. So I'm not sure what's coming up next. Uh, I would be surprised if they got the rest of the regular season in. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they got at least enough games in to make things even. And if that doesn't happen, maybe an expanded playoff format where instead of 16 teams getting in, maybe 20 get in or 22 get in. So we'll have to wait and see. I do know one thing. Teams like the Red Wings don't deserve to be in. So uh, I hope they don't get included in this whole thing. I don't know that anyone's lobbying for more Wings hockey. Even the Wings fans are like, mercy, we can't watch any more of this. Um, What do you? Your, your impression of where, let's say, you know, coach, GM, and players, where are they right now? What are they doing? Is it business as usual at the Dome, or do you think people are, are at home and in self-quarantine, so to speak? I think the players are all at home in self-quarantine. I don't know that for a fact, but based on everything I've heard, not only here in Calgary, but from around the league, that's what's happening right now. Now, guys can go to groceries or, or whatever, but uh, I don't think they're, they're hanging around with their teammates right now, at least not in large groups. As far as managers and coaches, uh, yeah, I, I could see them spending some time at the rink. I mean, they've still got a job to do, and uh, coaches have to be prepared for when this comes back, if this comes back, and, and the same can be said for managers. So I think right now, uh, you know, trying to stay as safe as possible and uh, stay away from being in large groups where there could be uh, potential to transmit this coronavirus is, is the smartest thing. And, and I think the way teams and, and the league as a whole have handled this is uh, exactly what they, they had to do, so good on them. Uh, what's the short term look like for you? you? I imagine we've got some uh, Netflix binging, some cooking, some wine drinking, some vinyl. That sounds like all up your alley, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I got to admit, I'm a little bit lost. Uh, I mean, I was supposed to be coming to the rink for morning skate yesterday. As a matter of fact, I like as of yesterday morning, I didn't know. So I set my alarm for the usual time and, and got up and then I was like, okay, uh, is there a morning skate? And then I saw that the uh, NHL PR account had tweeted out that all morning skates had been canceled. So at that point, I think it was safe to jump to the conclusion that the Flames and the Islanders weren't going to play last night. So Everything just happened so quickly, Ryan. And, and that's, yeah. I think, been the mind-blowing thing for me is that when I left the rink on Sunday, I wasn't wondering if the Flames and the Islanders were going to play on Thursday. I wasn't wondering if we were going to be going to New York with the team on Sunday. So it, it just happened so quickly, and I think that's what's really mind-boggling about this. None of us have been through this before. It's all new. So just trying to wrap my head around what's happened, how quickly it's happened, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm like just about everybody else, trying to find ways to fill my day. Uh, today is the last day I'll be doing hits until hockey comes back or uh, close to when hockey comes back. So I'm not sure what I'll be doing at around 9.05 and 4.05 uh, moving forward. Usually that's a, a staple of my day, Monday to Friday. And i got to tell you, I miss going to the rink already. I miss calling hockey games. There's nothing I love in life more than calling hockey games. So uh, I feel a little bit empty right now. And, and as I've said a couple of times over the last couple of days is, Normally, when, when bad things are going on in, in life or in the world, we can escape via sports, and we can't do that right now. Even, even when hockey's been on hiatus, you, you had other sports to fall back on, and we don't have that right now. So I think that makes dealing with all this even more difficult, as, as crazy as that might sound and as unimportant as that might be. And then it's, you know, like minus 20, so the dog park ain't as appetizing as it may have otherwise yeah. been. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking Zoe to the dog park today. I know that much. Uh, well, hey, we appreciate the Rocky Marathon. Yeah, Rocky Marathon wouldn't be a bad move. I don't mind that. No, yeah. yeah, there's enough of them. Uh, thanks for your time. I don't know when we'll chat with you next, but I, I hope it's soon because that'll be good for everyone. That means that uh, you know, even outside of the world of sports, think, normalcy will have returned in, in some level. So uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, I hope to talk to you guys soon. And uh, stay, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, try to have a positive outlook. That's the one thing I keep reminding myself of. I think if people are positive, we'll, we'll get through this together quicker. So... Uh, Hang in there, everybody. All right. Enjoy that Rocky Marathon. That's a good move. That's the okay. best idea we've heard have today. A, have a good weekend. Derek Wills joining us uh, for the roundtable here uh, for the final time until we get hockey back. So next Tuesday? Eh, probably not. Two Tuesdays? Eh. Mm. Uh, November? For sure. Yeah, it better be November. <laughs> Who knows? Bad problems if we and don't live in November. What Derek said at the end is is really the the biggest, I guess, takeaway I'll have when I look back at how this week went, and I think for a lot of people, is just how a single 24-hour period from noon one day to the next, from 5 p.m. to the next, 9 a.m., like in one day, our view of our lives, our world, our sources of entertainment, and where we go for recreation, what we like to do, has been completely turned upside down. And in 24-hour periods, and incrementally, it's become wilder and wilder in terms of like how in the world could we have seen this on Tuesday and yet that was only three days ago yeah that's that's baffling it's just it, it, it's crazy to actually go through the timeline yeah. we've done it a few times now but it doesn't make it any easier to process well, where and we were what it means there you go things are changing so quick like good luck guessing what next week looks like yeah there's, there's good good, good luck guessing what wasting your time doing that April looks like is that April 4th, the uh, Flames-Oilers game still going to be there? I like that game. I That'd like that nice. game on the calendar. That'd be fun.
Maybe just each team could pick one game to wrap up their season. One more game. We're sorting by points percentage. Pick the game you want to play. Yeah, Oilers Flames. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah, please. Do that one. The Avs and uh, Blues were going to play on the last day of the year. Were oh, they? that would have been good. That would have been sweet. Theoretically, it could be, you know, first place in the line there. Uh, they're only separated by two points, and the Avs have a game in hand. Uh, and then, you know, we get into this murky territory, like, yeah, what a, what happens if this season doesn't resume at all? How about uh, trade deadline rentals? What happens on those? You're the Tampa Bay Lightning. You gave up two firsts, and you got how many games out of Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow? <laughs> what? What happens to the Oilers' third rounder? James Neal scored 19, but he did it in how many games? Did the Flames get that or not? There's so many. Like, like your head so just starts to spin. Many of these. Yes. What, what do you do with a Calder Trophy? What do you do with a Roger Richard? I mean, weird. Really, really weird. It is strange. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll hear from Gary Bettman. Uh, very open to different solutions to this problem that we don't fully have a clear picture of at this point. And I suppose you have to be flexible if you don't know what tomorrow looks like. You're going to need all kinds of different plans. What does the NHL's planning look like and what are they hoping to accomplish if we can get by uh, unscathed relatively compared to what we're seeing in parts of Europe uh, with the coronavirus in North America? It's uh, Pinder and Steinberg rolling on for Glenmore Audi, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Back to Pinder and Steinberg, Calgary Sports Talk in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Um, interesting conversation coming up at 5 o'clock. We've been talking about, uh, you know, if you can avoid exposure to other humans, something that some people really like. I mean, geez, I've worked on a morning show with guys that would love to not have to deal with other people. Uh, <laughs> other people are social. We like going out, doing things, being in crowds. Uh, we're being encouraged not to do that. Social distancing is That's a thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, our building is under incredibly different rules today. Uh, we are not allowed in certain areas of the building that we normally would wander through all the time. Uh, your businesses, I'm sure, your your workplaces have changed dramatically, or maybe even ideally, you're, you're working from home as you listen to the show today. Uh, that's what J.D. Bunkus did, a good show in Toronto. Our sister station, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, he literally took a remote broadcast unit home and did the show with his co-host, Ben Ennis, who was in Sportsnet Studios in Toronto. We'll chat with him at 5 to see how that experiment went, because uh, I kind of want to do that on my I was just going to say, get some, po- get some tips and pointers from uh, how that didn't go well from the start, and then it eventually worked out, because I have a feeling we'll be on that uh, soon enough, right? It could be. We don't know. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind you know brewing up a big old pot of coffee and having the fridge right there. You know, get the remote unit. Now, I don't know where the kids would be. I have to send them on a, some sort of a uh, hole digging mission in the snowdrifts in the backyard or something like that. But uh, I feel like we're not Go that dig far Daddy away from a some... hole. Six by six should do. Oh. And uh, I'll talk to you in the afternoon. Here's the move. We got a deck in the backyard, so you always shovel the deck. But I put all the snow from the deck on one pile. Okay. So you can tell how big the snowfall here is by, like, how late into spring the pile is still there while the rest of the yards are grass. Yeah. Uh, but you get need to get the pile to a size big enough that they can then start to dig holes into the pile and not quite igloo with the amount of snow Similar. we've had this year. But yeah. Yeah, that's, you, you get the idea. Okay. Um, life is clearly different for all all of us moving forward. What about uh, Gary Bettman and the NHL? It was just uh, two days ago. We thought it was business as usual. It sure ain't that anymore. He joined Hockey Central at noon in Toronto earlier today. 
what was the timeline in your office and, you know, with the NHL, the Rudy Gobert situation happens, NBA decides to suspend their season. What happens with Gary Bettman and everyone around him? Well, what we had throughout the last few weeks been constantly analyzing what uh, was evolving, what the situation was and what our responses need to be and what all the possible contingencies could be. We were exploring whether or not it was going to reach a point in time we needed to completely shut down, whether or not we needed to take a break or whether or not or how we would continue to play, whether it was in all empty buildings relative to fans or in partially empty buildings, depending on what local jurisdictions were doing. But in all of those scenarios and in every discussion I would have, uh, either internally uh, or with, with clubs, particularly owners, I always ended with the caveat, you understand that if a player tests positive, we're done for the time being at least. Uh, and so I always understood that to be the case. Uh, when when an NBA player tested positive and I was immediately aware of that, it was clear that the NBA was going to have no choice. And my immediate reaction was, you know, for all of us, all the leagues, all businesses, we were kind of reacting. And I said, at this point, it's inevitable that an NHL player at some point is going to test positive. We're not going to get through the current season as scheduled, and we might as well just shut down now so that we don't get to the point that we have to react the way the NBA did and have a, a building that was full and players not taking, you know, the court or the ice as appropriate. And so it was at that point I said, okay, uh, we got to take a pause. Uh, and I immediately um, made arrangements for a conference call with the governors for the next day. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind as to where we were going to be, but there was no reason for me to, at that moment, say we're taking a pause. I spoke to the governors. Brian has been with me enough to know how I operate. And so we scheduled a conference call for, you know, early afternoon to accommodate the West Coast. Uh, and we had a brief conference call. I answered a lot of questions in terms of what the world was going to look like once we took the pause. And the minute uh, the call was over, we issued the release and said we were going to stop playing for a bit. Right. Hey, boss. Uh, so what's next? Uh, and I know we were talking about this before we went on the air. What's a, what's next? What's a drop dead date? I'm sure you can't answer that, but what, what do you envision now? We just wait and see, right? So, well, you, 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 you were with me enough to know. So we, we have an internal task force that, that has been meeting, you know, two times a day in the morning and the afternoon. And we are exploring every contingency. We're we're looking out in the calendar to see well what's the latest, the last day we could be playing under other scenario, and then backing it up. And what are our options in the time frame that's available? And we're doing all sorts of modeling, whether it's completing the existing regular season as is, and then a full playoffs, or whether or not, based on time constraints, we're going to have to make adjustments and do something different novel creative uh and we're constantly reanalyzing and reworking that uh, so that's something that uh you know it's it's like a puzzle right and you've got to fit the pieces together although the interesting part of this puzzle is you don't know exactly what it's going to look like when you're done uh, but 
our responsibility to to our our players, our teams, most importantly our fans, is to make sure we're doing everything right and making sure, you know, that when we come back, and I believe we will at some point because I'm an optimist, it'll be when it's appropriate and when it's safe uh, so that everybody can be comfortable. Um, I'm sure this is a, a big part of the work that you guys are putting in right now, but when you say when when it's safe, what are sort of the minimum requirements or what, what needs to be met for hockey to return? What would make you guys comfortable? I, I think those are in charge of our governments, either in Canada or the U.S., both at the federal level, the state level, and the local level will tell us. Mm-hmm. Right? We're, we're not equipped to, to say, you know, the, the pandemic's over. Uh, there are going to be medical people at, at the highest level who are going to tell us all, and, and it's going to relate. Listen, um, I'm in New York. Uh, I'm in the office. We, we have everybody uh, working from home, as do most large businesses now. And I think that's what you're seeing all over. Schools are closed uh, for the next you know, few weeks throughout North America. And so as those decisions have been made, it's based on the advice of those in charge, and we'll be reliant on them telling us as well. All we can do is make every conceivable plan so that we're in a position to react appropriately. I can I can attest to that. It sounds like I'm uh, sucking up to the boss here, but I can attest to what Gary's saying from working for him. They've got building availability dates on every building in North America. They've got every contingency planned for. I have complete confidence in that. Well, thank you, Brian. But you know the drill. You've been here. Yeah. Um, and and you know it's it's. Listen, I assure you. I, I was actually yesterday afternoon. I had like 15 minutes. To, to just do nothing, which was an incredible thing to have. And I look, up at the, I look up at the screens in my office, and there were games on showing fans excited in the crowd. You know, it was highlights or something, and I got really sad. I mean, as, as tough and as, and as difficult and, and the health risks and everything that we're worrying about, what we're all going through collectively, and it's not just about sports. It's about our way of life. This is very sad. You mentioned contingency. How far have you guys looked ahead uh, as, as a whole? Have you made plans, uh, you know, for, you know, the draft, for free agency, for training camp, <laughs> they, or even the we, schedule? You don't look that far ahead. To, at this well, point. no, you know, we, we, we know that those are issues that have to be addressed. You know, so we've had a conversation. What do we do if, if you kill, still can't have a public gathering by the time of the draft? Uh, when should the draft be? Do we do it by a conference call? I mean, that's part of the, and I'm not saying we will. I'm just saying you explore everything. I will say, because I saw a question came up, you know, I'm not, I'm not focused on, on having something wrong with next season. I mean, obviously, if, if there's a pandemic still going on next fall, we've got bigger problems than that. Uh, so, but whatever we do with this season, I'm expecting next season to be a normal season. How much of this, and with the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, how much of this is being done um, in conversation with the NBA? And, and ultimately, the, the question that I'm getting at is, uh, if the NBA is back, is the NHL back automatically and vice versa? Well, we, we all have to make our own decisions. I assume we'll both be relying 
on the, the same medical information. I think the, the, the real issue where there needs to be some focus, and we've already agreed to do it, is to the extent we're sharing buildings, mm-hmm. that we're, we're making sure that we're not tripping over each other as we're trying to schedule when we, when we both come back. My guess is when it's safe for us to come back, it'll be safe for the NBA to come back and vice versa. But you know, we, we we each have to do our own things as we do. We both have to make our own decisions. Although the overlap's interesting because one of the factors in my decision Wednesday night, which we we announced on Thursday after I spoke to the board, was there were a couple of teams that were in the visiting team's locker room in a building where the Utah Jazz used the same locker room within 24 hours. Uh, Washington was in Madison Square Garden uh, the next day after Utah played there, and Tampa was in both Boston and Detroit the day after the Utah Jazz played in those cities. And so, again, I concluded it was only a matter of time before one of our players uh, tested positive if we continued to play. And so we decided, again, we were going to get ahead of this. Uh, This is, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, um, a unique situation for the NHL. Given that reality, and we do understand that in the NHL, we all know, wants to complete some type of regular season and then proceed with the playoffs. At this point, though, how open uh, is the NHL to being creative with what happens in the playoffs, being creative with how you conclude the regular season? Is everything on the table at this point? The, 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 well, first of all, this is a unique sec- situation for all of us. It transcends the NHL. It transcends sports. I mean, this is, you know, hopefully only a once-in-a-lifetime thing for all of us. Uh, as I indicated, and I hope I did uh, a few minutes ago, we are looking at every contingency and what's doable. So, yes, everything for consideration is on the table. It doesn't mean that any of those are going to happen. Uh, I don't want to speculate as to which direction we're going in. Uh, we are analyzing every conceivable option that is available to us, and that's not something that's static. In other words, what's an option today, uh, there may be right. different options, uh, fewer options, more options, who knows, next week. And so my Hope and expectation is that we can finish the season in some form, award the Stanley Cup, and then be able to move on feeling that we accomplished that goal of finishing the season for our fans. Um, being joined by the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, uh, you mentioned that you had 15 minutes of free time yesterday, and that was uh, a foreign feeling I, for you. I, actually, that was an exaggeration. I don't think it was that long. I think I just glanced <laughs> up at the TV screen in between calls. Uh, so, so just on, on a on a personal note, a personal note now, and listen, of course, there's still league business to do, and you're a very uh, busy individual. But what are your days like now? Well, I've been in meetings nonstop. The, 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 we sent everybody home, which is what most large employers are doing, and people are working from home. I and, and a number of my senior staff are in the office, uh, and we had a meeting, and I've been in meetings nonstop all day or on calls, you know, either, either with business partners uh, or in a couple of unique special cases for people we like a lot on the phone doing media. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate that. Um, 
when you go through a situation like this, and you're right, this isn't just a hockey issue or a sports issue. This is a, a life issue. Um, things change irreparably. We learn from it and we move forward, and then it becomes part of our reality. In your estimation, and I know it's still early, how does the NHL change long-term because of this situation? I, 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 you know, that's a great question, and I haven't had time to reflect on it, but my visceral reaction is in terms of our protocols uh, with respect to, to health and safety issues, we're really on top of those things. I mean, this, this is, we're dealing with a situation. The coronavirus is something that transcends everything and what we have to continue to do because we self-evaluate across the board on everything we do on a regular basis making sure we're doing the right things to keep the people associated with and in our game healthy gary batman earlier today on sports 590 the fan our sister station in toronto on uh, hockey central uh yeah, it's very hard to see the future when we see how much has changed in the last 48 hours, 72 hours, 24 hours, but they're not uh, throwing their hands up saying, eh, we'll get there when we get there. there there's uh, all kinds of contingencies in place. I don't believe, uh, well, first off, we're this is guessing. We're, this, we do. No one knows how this future is going to unfold in terms of uh, the virus and how it affects not only this country, but certainly the United States. Uh, you could have a situation where one country has a very different reality than the other. You can't just start the league up if one's good and the other's not. You no. You travel them back and forth. I mean, th- this is a North America issue that, uh, in terms of how the league's going to say we're good to go or we're not. But it's going to be really tough to even just fathom. Like, the the idea of finishing a regular season seems so impossible at this point. The, With- the time, there's just... There's just not enough of it when you you do the math and you look at you know just an indefinite period of time to, to get rid of all the things that we have to go through the arenas that have to be played in still the that is the other know. thing that he mentioned that 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 did catch my ears the NBA is going to be trying to do the exact same thing in the exact same buildings mm-hmm. that may have other events that haven't been canceled it's going to be really really tough for a lot of teams to get just six hour blocks of time to set up for hockey. Yeah. Yeah. We think about it in Calgary because, you know, they're, you know, managing the Hitman and the Roughnecks and the Flames. And that's, you know, a pretty easy thing to handle and that sort of thing. We'll talk about Toronto, you know, sure. where the Maple Leafs Raptors, and the Raptors, yeah. you know, the Raptors are the defending NBA champions. How about LA? Clinched. Oh. I mean, it wouldn't be playoffs if it was the Kings, but they've got two NBA teams and an yeah. NHL team out of the same facility. Good luck getting those dates. Oh, I was, yeah, you know what? we got uh, five nights of Elton John, and the, these dates here, those aren't movable. Yeah, in one of the like, biggest oh, North American me. cities yeah. of all time. And they're just they're, those buildings are out for to, you know, to make money and all those sort of things. So a Big challenge trying to figure out this puzzle, for Lo- sure. The logistics of it are insane. Um. It is Pinder and Steinberg. Logan Gordon is in. Patty will be back Monday. We've got uh, Riley here uh, producing today. And my name is Ryan Pinder. I'm back from Florida. Here we are uh, in these wild times of the coronavirus. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll get some more sports news. We'll see if we can find some audio, more reaction uh, from the world of sports to uh, what has been a pause or suspension of nearly every single sporting activity out there. This is (laughs) uncharted territory. Sports at 960 The Fan. Tinder and Steinberg continues. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
449, Friday the 13th. That's uh, comforting, isn't it? <laughs> no. We'll be back to normal on Monday, whatever the new normal is. Yeah, what, what uh, is normal? What's going to happen in the weekend? The new normal will be, uh, we'll be reading what maybe uh, passages out of uh, the Mark Spector Battle of Alberta book. That sounds like what the new normal will be Monday. Uh, all the kidding aside, I've got a lovely list of chats I'd like to get done in the next couple of weeks. There are a ton of athletes and hockey players that call Calgary home that are making their way back from Europe where leagues were canceled before others. There's some phenomenal uh, stories in there. I want to get to that. Uh, another thing that you might, may or may not have been thinking about, if you're Jordan the Web guy, you've been thinking about it for sure, but imagine if you, uh, if you ran a sports wagering book. Hmm. <laughs> boy, revenues are oh boy. sharply down. <laughs> There's nothing to gamble on anymore. That, uh, wow. Yeah, that's not that I think everyone's worried about these sports books per se, <laughs> but I mean, it's just another example of like how incredibly different a day of the office would be than compared to two weeks ago or even oh, five God. days ago for depending on what your job is. There's, there's nothing. You can't get the degenerates onto anything. Um, I've uh, been in contact with a guitar player from a popular Canadian rock band that's on the road. Really? So we can explore that next week. Wow. Don't want to tease too hard. Got to get it locked in first. What if you're a golfer on the Latin American tour right now? That's a chat we can have next week. And uh, I think we should probably dive into the history books of the Calgary Flames because that's always fun. It's true. Anytime you can get those 1989 guys or 04 guys telling stories, they uh, get two of them in the room, just add booze and it's a party. <laughs> those guys are... Uh, I always love going to the alumni events. Like Colin Patterson is just an absolute gem Lanny McDonald is one of the Hall of Fame humans that we are lucky and blessed to have in our part of the universe, uh, and on and on and on it goes. Never mind, of course, Retro and Kami and all the uh, Conroy and all those guys from 04 that are such great and storytellers and wild personalities. So we'll have some fun going down memory lane. We'll also keep you abreast, obviously, of everything that's going on with the coronavirus. In fact, uh, can tell you that uh, indeed we'll have uh, updates every hour on the coronavirus and exactly what's going on because that's kind of where we're at in society right now. It's changing hour by hour. Uh, as the virus spreads, concerns certainly are mounting. You can trust our sister station, 660 News. Gets you everything you need to know, most up-to-date information on the COVID-19 virus. They'll cut through uh, the clutter and get you the facts, including the latest numbers here and around the world, updates in the fight against the virus and how to minimize your risk. Calgary's most trusted source for breaking news, traffic, and weather, and now the fight against coronavirus, 660 News. Uh, on the AM dial or online at 660news.com. I had something I was going to do. What was I going to do? It's, you it, oh, I've got audio here. Play, yes. yes, thank you. I, I went completely blank. I was so excited about my coronavirus updates. Yeah, well, just... Rather than 660 News, why don't we listen to people in sports talking about uh, the coronavirus? Yeah. How, how about Ricky Fowler after the players got canceled? Sure. Ricky, what up? This is global. Um, and... Obviously, all the organizations around our country as well as the world are taking the precautions to try and stay as safe as we can. So definitely stand by the decisions made by the tour and Jay Monahan. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that you know we don't have any tournaments coming up, but this is uh, a lot bigger than the game of golf. Don't know if you care or you saw it, or well, you should probably care because it's a state on statement on how how safe we are. The uh, PGA has just basically shut down the next month of operation. The players got 
crushed after one day. He was, looking, done. he was looking so good for them for a while there, Ryan. They were so spread out on a nice golf course, and they figured they could do this. They were justifying it. They aren't anymore. The Valspar no. has been canceled for next weekend. The WGC match play tournament has been canceled. That uh, also means that the corresponding tournament, uh, the Coriales, which I believe is in the Caribbean, that has been uh, canceled as well. It's from uh, Punta Cana, the Dominican Republic. Hmm. That's where that one's played. And the Masters has been postponed. That's... Not good. Not, not, not good at all. Um, also, the Valero Texas Open, which is the tournament that leads into the Masters, that one's also done. That's from San Antonio. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, that's, that's not good. Here's Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. I'm a fighter. I wanted to fight for our players and our fans and for this tour to show how golf can unify and inspire. But as the situation continued to escalate and there seemed to be more unknowns, it ultimately became a matter of when, not if, we would need to call it a day. They have with uh, the next five events, including this weekend's players, wiped off the board or at least postponed in the case of the Masters. I think you could definitely see some of the lesser tournaments just go away. You're not going to, yeah. if, if, if there's anyone playing golf in the fall, you're moving the Masters there. I wouldn't mind seeing it. What was funny is the notion of playing without fans is a thing that was out there. We haven't really seen it transpire. I think the KHL no. did it, and that's it. Um, I think NASCAR wants to run a race without fans, but I don't know if that's going to go forth. I believe Pat had mentioned the F1 that he was big on was talking about doing it That was in fans. Australia. That's been nixed. Um, it's done. It's not happening. But... The one thing that I did think about, and this is just selfish from a TV perspective, clearly not something you want to happen, but do you imagine watching the Masters with nobody in Augusta? Like, that would just be incredible. It's already known as the sanctuary, and now you've... You would have <laughs> oh loved the gosh. quote that uh, your buddy Luke Elvey had for, Pin, uh, for Steinberg the other day when he had him on in the five. What was that? And he said, imagine last year Tiger winning the Masters and the walk-up to the green at 18. Yeah. With no one. Do you remember the game? That, about, um, like, that's crazy. There were some uh, civil unrest and I think political, I guess, protesting in the streets going on in Baltimore, I want to say two, three summers ago. And the Blue Jays went there for a series and they played in front of an empty stadium as a decision made mm. by the Orioles to not oh, allow yeah, people in. Yeah, that's right. It was eerie. It was and, weird. And if you saw any of the Champions League matches earlier this week, 70,000 seat soccer stadiums. And it's like empty. It's just ooh, this is spooky stuff. And they made those decisions fast on the soccer ones. I mean, Had you're to talking like huge crowds yeah. and that sort of stuff. Well, and and what was happening in Europe at that point was this virus. Every day they were seeing huge jumps in numbers. Like we can't really, especially in Italy and in now Spain, allow these mass gatherings of like tens of thousands of people. As Texter seems to say that UFC is going to go on tomorrow with no fans. In Brazil. Yes. Uh, UFC Brasilia proceeding with no fans. That's the plan. They want to have fans in London on the 20th of March. We'll see where the UK is at. That one, that's a week away. Sounds like a later postponement rather than, uh, I don't know that that actually happens. Boston Marathon's being rescheduled for the fall. The LPGA's canceled the next three events. XFL's done. Junior hockey across this country is done. Minor league hockey, the American Hockey League is done. MLS is done. I don't know if it's worth a no, but I mean, it's not like we're on any specific topic. What do you make of the XFL for like a month? 
I was just about, about ready that? to start paying attention. <laughs> I was th- um, I was this close, Vince. I, you know what it always is? There's always a couple takeaways that other leagues can learn from. Like a simple thing like miking up referees and coaches. Mm-hmm. And I know the CFL's got those live mic games, and you know we chatted with Dickinson every week. We still do in season. When I was on mornings, and he hated those games because you basically them. had to change all your coding after that's on because you're you're showcasing how you communicate. So you yeah. have to change the words and then or you're changing them just for that game, but then players are going out there with this very brief system of words that they might want to revert back to the one where they don't use for live mic games or whatever. So there, there, there's he hated it, but from a viewing perspective, I thought that was cool. And I think the XFL conversations between referees and coaches was that was cool to pick up on. Did the kickoff do anything for you? I didn't watch it. I know I read about that, but I think there there is room for another league in that country to work, not to compete with the NFL, but to complement the NFL in a season that doesn't have it. Doesn't that's what the CFL wanted to be in the relationship makes sense in that way? Is in that sort of perspective or no? No, I don't know because I think it's too hard on the body to say like, oh yeah, uh, you know, you just played a. 16 in NFL games, maybe it's 18 by then. Yeah. And yeah, now we want you to go suit up and play in this. Like that's that's asking a lot. That's fair. I don't know. Um and, and we've already started to see some alternative options to guys going to college, like this this Pacific Pro Football League that wants to get up and running in the next few years. I mean, who knows what when we're gonna be okay to do anything sports at this point, but I think there'll be things that other leagues can learn from the XFL about access and creativity, fan engagement, the broadcast. Yeah, it certainly hadn't caught me. I, I definitely was in Tampa asking people what the team name was. There's not many leagues where I'm asking what the team name is here. Never mind, like, who plays or what the storylines are. They, yeah, what are they called? Oh, they're the Vipers. The Vipers okay. yeah. Good. Good to hear. Mark Tressman, the head coach of that team. Got some pedigree. Yep. Uh, here's one more for you. Mark Shapiro, sure. uh, the Blue Jays president and CEO. He, uh, I was actually lined up to chat with him yesterday <laughs> at 1130 before, you know, the sports world oh, collapsed the country, in front yeah. of us, and it was like, okay, I might just want to leave uh, the country and get home. He has told his players, and there's 60-plus of them in spring training at this point, uh, what to do and why they're doing it. This is uh, him earlier today chatting about the message he relayed to players. One of the things we left them with this morning, Jeff, uh, and I think this is probably most important, and the only way to really – make it less abstract and more real is to think about their mothers, think about their fathers, think about their grandparents, um, think about kids that have compromised immune systems. And there's an obligation that when they feel symptoms, regardless of a dry cough or a sore throat, that they communicate immediately with Jose and our training staff and our medical staff, and then we walk down the protocol. Once you get down to a certain point, testing becomes an option, but there's obviously a scarcity of tests now, so there's not quick testing going on. We're just a segment of the population. You know, we're we're not getting to that point. Uh, we have not gotten to that point with any of our players. President CEO of the Blue Jays, uh, Mark Shapiro. So, Bob, sounds like that. Uh, go home, take care of your family if you need to. has been a message that uh, has been sent by head man of the Toronto Blue Jays. And one final note for you, uh, just because it's been tweeted out there in the last half hour, uh, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic has noted that the NHL and the NHLPA signed off on a memo at uh, 3 o'clock today with some guidelines. Uh, players for now are asked to be self-quarantined in their home NHL cities. I don't go home uh, unless this is your home. Number two, 
At some point to be determined, players may skate at NHL facilities in small groups. And three, uh, near the end, whenever that is, uh, there would be plans for a minicamp before the season resumes if we see the season resume. So that is kind of the latest on the NHL front. Good work today. We uh, enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's not a normal day. There won't be another broadcast day like this one I'm suggesting, but uh, we'll be back on Monday with Pat, and I believe Klein's quarantine has ended. He's uh, more than no. t- two weeks Tuesday removed. Tuesday will be his. Tuesday. Okay, so the triumphant yeah, return we'll of we'll Peter Klein. We'll talk to him Monday and see how he's doing on his not last Not a bad idea. Legs. See what's going on. He's been sitting at home probably watching uh, alternative Japanese wrestling leagues and weird <laughs> hours and not sleeping and definitely not shaving. I wonder how the marriage has gone with a month straight of each other. Oh, I think that's it's probably great. It's the honeymoon <laughs> phase. They call it the honeymoon for a reason. It's 5 o'clock. We'll come back with J.D. Bunkus of Sportsnet 590 The Fan. He broadcasts from home today. How'd that go? Can we do that? Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 5.07. It is the Sports Drive at 5. Uh, well, it used to be the Sports Drive at 5. It's just going to be the Drive at 5? Is that uh, not driving anything? We're going to try to talk about sports. Uh, I, I was mentioning that there's almost nothing left in the sports world while well, the text line's always here to make sure that, uh, well, if you're if you're wrong or maybe you're mischaracterizing something, there's an ability to, you know, write that wrong. Now, I, I clearly know there are some sports, but now specifically, I have many leagues I can tell you about because of the text line nine six zero nine six zero. Let us know. Obviously, you got any thoughts on anything we're doing today, um, guys? What about the World Poker Tour? You remember when uh, poker on TV was a thing? That was a lockout, Riley. That, yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and get onto the World Poker Tour, I think. I think that's my next step in life. Are you just going to start training at the Nino every day? or what? Yeah, like, How I'm, does that work? You can play yeah. online six hands at a time? Like, what's, what's your path to the, the World Poker Tour? Well, depending on how my week goes next week, I'm not sure where my shifts are going to fall. So maybe just throw, <laughs> just throw the whole paycheck onto Poker Stars Online and see where that takes me in life. Really, eh? Yeah, why not? Make sure you got that rent covered first. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be gonna... coming off this check, too. So. Um, yeah. No. Something. Okay. I mean, do you think you're good at it or it's just something you well, I'll practice at it and I'll work at it. I'll get good. Well, I usually play in like 11 cent tournaments, so I'm really going to up the stakes here. <laughs> How do you do in the 11 cent tournaments? Well, it depends on the day, you know. I mean, I think I Generally made like, like $3.80 and came in 15th out of like 1100 once. I think that's, that's the good. best showing. So. Yeah, you turn 11 cents into $3. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You need that kind of ROI with just a little Bigger ante, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, J.D. Bunk is going to join us shortly. We'll also hear from Brendan Dillon, who joined us at 3 o'clock. Fascinating conversation uh, on a couple of levels. Dillon, not only uh, a member of the Washington Capitals after being traded ahead of the deadline, living in a hotel in Virginia outside their practice facility, but also the Capitals had recently been in Madison Square Gardens within 24 hours of the Utah Jazz being there after a positive test for the Jazz. So, a fascinating conversation with Dylan that you don't want to miss. We'll have that later. But uh, I believe we've got our man, J.D. Bunkus, from, uh, well, his house, I guess, uh, where he broadcasts from today. J.D., how are you, man? Good, buddy. What's going on? Well, I, I want to get one of those handy-dandy uh, broadcast-from-home things uh, that uh, I saw you tweeting pictures of today. That looked awesome. Here's the thing, bud. you got to be important. you got to be the crown jewel of the company to get one of those bad things. No, 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 but you got one. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No. People- they said, listen, crown jewel, don't tell anyone that you're getting this, but 
keep you safe. We need you at right. home. Yes. Here you go. Here's a special machine we made for you so that you can do radio here in Toronto. I said, thank you. I won't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone you called mm-hmm. the crown. But then I did because that's the thing about when you're the crown jewel. <laughs> you, you can do whatever you want. That's right. There are rules. They, they tell you there are rules, but then you just shatter them and you just say, stuff it. I'm the crown jewel. You can't live without me. I'm me. You deal with me and my craziness. You're going to start wearing sunglasses? It's going to get crazy. That's right. I'm going to smoke a cigarette on air like like uh, Bob McCowan used to. <laughs> Did he used to do that on air? That's unbelievable. But yeah, when he was in Vegas, he had some shows oh, back in the day. And so like he would be in his hotel room and he would just rip darts. And it was no problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, it's uh, Vegas, right? <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. a long time ago. So that's... Uh, surprisingly probably quite normal back in those days. I mean, we, uh, our age, we, we never would have seen it, but for, for someone in their 50s or 60s, it would be incredibly common to see journalists and writers um, just pull a bottle of booze out of a filing cabinet at their desk. What? Oh, those lucky sons of guns. Yeah. We know too much, man. We know too much. <laughs> it would have been so great to live back in the times when darts and booze and it was just all madman style. You just pour yourself a glass every day, have six constantly, and just be like, I have a cough. They're like, oh, you switch some menthols. You're like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I mean, if we were men, it would be cool. <laughs> That's the other stipulation, I suppose. Um, where were you Wednesday night? How closely were you following the news, and when did you think that pro sports might start tumbling? Because that all happened incredibly quickly. I was in Tampa after a day of spring training coverage out with uh, some of our WestJet contest winners, some people from WestJet, someone from the Toronto Blue Jays, and all of a sudden it was just like the phone was exploding. It was a wild couple hours. So I, I had been following the story pretty closely before the shutdown. Uh, just my, my mom was traveling abroad. She was in, she was in Spain. And so it was a little bit scary for us back home wondering what exactly was going on. I just had an interest in it in general. And I, I tracked it like quite a bit. I never really talked about it on air because that's not my place. And I'm just someone who's trying to keep up with the news, like an, an everyday person. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a virologist. I'm not a public health worker, so I'm not going to go on and give my opinions about it. But I really did think that we were going to be in a spot where this was an eventuality and that really the inevitable delaying when it was playing with games without fans in the stands was never going to hold strong, especially as we saw numbers start to increase. And I don't think we're here today if not for the Utah Jazz Center, Rudy Gobert. I really think that he changed everything for professional sports because – the NBA had plans to proceed without playing with fans in the stands. I think that the NHL would have followed suit. There wouldn't have been public pressure on all the other leagues. They would have been able to kind of maintain the status quo. And what would have happened is we would have just waited a little bit longer to have that first, that page, that patient zero in one of the pro sports leagues that yeah. would have shut everything else down. Because I just thought it was asinine that in a league where we already knew that the numbers in terms of confirmed were are nowhere near what the numbers of actual carriers are, right? Like that's just obvious at this point. Like I saw that in the state of Ohio, uh, they made a statement that they believe that one percent of Ohio residents had coronavirus, and that was as, as of yesterday. So we're talking about 117,000 people just in the state of Ohio alone. I think they had something below 50 confirmed cases. So it, the, the divide between these two things was massive. To believe that 
there wasn't going to be one player who came into contact with somebody and was going to contract this was stupid. And the idea that you would play games like hockey or sorry, hockey is a little bit different, even though guys are sharing, you know, locker rooms and confined spaces and all touching the same stuff. But yeah, no wonder a guy who's playing basketball, you're sharing the same basketball as people. You're sweating up against guys. You're breathing on guys. And then everyone's touching the ball that you're sweating on. Same thing with baseball. I saw Garrett Cole come out and say, well, different. We're outside. It's like, hey, Garrett, you dummy. You're throwing a baseball back to everyone around the diamond. Like You're all sitting down in a dugout together. And then the locker room, which happens to not be outside. This was just, to me, an inevitability. And Rudy Gobert just kind of hit the fast forward button on all of this. And so a guy that started out as a pariah and rightfully is being skewered for being an idiot, like touching people's phones and treating it as though it was nothing in the moment is dumb. But I think history when, or, or sorry, when we reflect back on this someday, I think Rudy Gobert is going to be looked at sort of as, you know, a, a monumental figure in terms of positive change because it really did force everybody's hand and it also opened up, I think, a lot of sports fans' eyes to why this was happening and, quote-unquote, why this wasn't just uh, another flu, as a lot of people were trying to put it. It's kind of like a goofy uh, Forrest Gump-style uh, you know, effect on history. <laughs> right. Like, I, just, I, I think, how many people do you know? I certainly had many that, before Rudy Gobert, were treating it exactly like Rudy Gobert was. Yep. Which is, this is no big deal, this is so overrated, oh, more people die from the flu, it's only young people, it's only in Italy, it's only in China, there's only 50 confirmed cases in Canada, you heard all the same stuff over and over and over again, and then guess what happened? Rudy Gobert happened, and then everybody want, nobody wants to go to work now. And sports are done, pretty much. And sports are done, which means you and I are going to be doing shows about uh, toilet paper shortages and mm-hmm. what it's like. To be a hermit. I think Tuesday we've got boxers or briefs slated for the five hours that we program for. That's uh, so get ready for that scintillating stuff. Jordan versus LeBron, who is better? Bretty <laughs> versus Orr. Yes. Yeah, we're we're there, bud. The old classics, the the evergreen topics, will be coming out at full speed next week for sure. So then, okay, the the jazz game goes down at that point. There was no way the NHL could continue, right? Once you're sharing facilities within 24 hours of a team that had someone infected, like they, the there was no other way the NHL could have gone when they decided to finally shut this down. Uh, what around 11:30 Calgary time yesterday? Yeah, man, the NHL's hand was forced. Look what's happened. Golf is golf tried to hold out. Baseball tried to hold out. They got absolutely barbecued by their fan bases, and they got barbecued by fans. You can't put your employees at risk knowingly and negligently and that's what they would have been doing it's just you you would have had anxieties with players you would have been having them basically question every single person that they would have been coming in contact with because now they're putting pressure on you know knowing who they're going to be touching and yeah i think that it's pretty clear if you're listening to people that yeah you don't want to be within six feet of somebody you don't want to be touching the same things and then if you do touch the same things wash your hands you don't want to be breathing on people. It's like, that's what athletes do. They, they have these super spreaders, these people who are essentially going to be spreading coronavirus to a larger percentage of the population. Like, don't you think that would have happened with athletes and, and sharing these spaces? It just, it was reckless. It would have been recklessly dangerous 
to have these guys do this. Again, professional athletes very, very likely to overcome this. But there could be outliers and there could be different things. We already thought that children were going to be basically completely immune to this. And we saw already in Canada a child got it. Like, the, there's going to be outlier stories. You want to keep people safe. You want to take as many precautions as possible. And my, my motto has just always been, it's better to be proactive than reactive. And the, the best thing that the league could be, do is have everyone look at this story and say, wow, the NHL was so stupid. They shut everything down for a month. Nothing even happened. Everything shut down so quickly. That's your best case scenario. So just prepare yourself the best way for that. And then if it happens to be wrong, great. You were wrong, and it turned out that you were wrong in the best way possible. What Do you, do you have a sense of what the NHL would like to see unfold? I mean, obviously, the NBA put a 30-day minimum on their suspension of the season. I think that probably means the NHL is working with similar timelines. If that's a best-case scenario, uh, clearly the worst-case scenario is that the seasons have washed out, but if that's a best case that they're in a month, they could resume. What does that look like? It, it felt kind of cruel and cold that by points percentage on one night with no notice slice, they're the top eight and they're the teams that miss. Yeah. So I'm only going to go off. Like, I don't know what the NHL is thinking. I'm just listening to the experts, same as you. And it seems that from listening to Elliot Friedman, who I don't, I don't think there's anybody in the business that's more connected and, or more on top of this stuff than Elliot is. Right. And I've heard him spitball a few different ideas, but it would seem anyways that if the NHL comes back, it's the regular season is already done. And they're going to have to have some form of an expanded playoffs because you're right. There's no way that a team like the Florida Panthers, who's three points back of the Leafs with, you know, a game in hand, is going to say, what do you mean the Leafs are just in and we're out? Like, that's not going to go down. I got a better one for you. The Winnipeg Jets are point zero zero one points percentage out from the second wild card, which is held by the Flames. Right. So the Jets are like, we're not having that. So I, my guess is the best way to do this moving forward would be to be uh, – did you hear how the NBA proposed that last chance tournament or the play-in games for their 8-9 and nine seeds and their 7-10 and 10 seeds? Regarding Corona or just as an expanded playoff? No, no. Regarding like back, you know, like this is they called it like a last chance tournament. Or Elliot's been pitching this for for I want to say years or at least like dozens of months because he he would love to see the play in for the two wild cards in the NHL, something like that, right? Exactly, and I think that's what you're going to see is that teams with a certain percentage of points will have some type of ability to play in, or they expand the playoffs by a couple of teams that they just get completely creative. Like your history's already thrown out here, right? You don't have any special place for historical references at this point because we've yeah. never seen anything like this. So the NHL can basically do whatever the hell they want. Obviously, the Detroit Red Wings of the world are not getting in on this thing. Like, you're not having the LA Kings or the San Jose Sharks involved. But yeah, those teams with really good points percentages, I think that they'll make some type of an opportunity here where you'll have a couple of play-in games, maybe an abbreviated series, who knows. My thing is, is if the NBA is 30 days away, then I don't see how the NHL could be 30 days away. Because you're not allowed to practice. You're not allowed to get on the ice right now. How are guys getting to facilities? Mm-hmm. Getting in hockey shape is completely different than getting in NBA shape. NBA player can just like run on a treadmill, get himself, keep himself right, shoot on a rim, shoot on a basket that he can have at home. Doesn't necessarily need to be with teammates. Hockey, it, you can't sit for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, and then just hop back out on the ice and then potentially and not get hurt or have your product be even close to what it is, you're going to have to have these guys get practices in. You're going to have to have these guys get skates in. So I just think that if the NBA ends up extending to a situation where 
you know, this thing goes another two months, they're still potentially going to be able to play playoff games. Is hockey going to be the same? Are you going to be able to ask guys who haven't skated for two months to jump on the ice and, and play a really physical game and all of a sudden just be in playoffs? I, I just, I'm not convinced that's possible at this point. I would just think to myself from talking to other hockey players, they're all kind of saying the same thing, which is, yeah, I don't know how we're going to react to over a month down. I don't know what that's going to look like. This would be one thing if these guys could come together and skate and be doing practices and do running drills, but it's just they're not going to be able to do that. So I just I think there's a lot of uncertainty with this. I think all the league wants is to make sure they try and get a Stanley Cup winner in. The other part of it, too, that I forgot to mention there is that, you know, ice is a concern. You know, we're, we're talking about a league that you're going to be extending ice surfaces into July, into August, into the middle of summer. That's a problem, too. Like, that's a problem with these facilities in terms of figuring it out. Like, NHL's got a lot of, a lot of question marks that some other leagues don't have, man. And, and that makes me worried. Like, first of all, obviously, you just want worried for people to be safe. But in terms of being a hockey fan, I, I'm, I'd be sweating it out thinking that there's real potential there's no Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Um, I've got one more question for you, and it, I will allow you to go down both alleys. But... Who looks like the bigger bozo? Thomas Bach of the IOC saying, let's rock and roll for Tokyo 2020, the most populated place on earth, wants to welcome the world amid a pandemic, or a billionaire owner that is watching his own players pay salary of part-time labor at the facility. Who's the bigger okay. bozo? It's obviously it's obviously Tokyo, because it's just like, you, you're, what are you talking about here? Like, this is the one thing we're not doing right now or we're not is projecting forward to social gatherings and travel. And you're combining both of those things. <laughs> yes, so, from all over the world. Yeah, you're like, yeah, let's bring it all together and then send everybody back home to literally every place in the world. So <laughs> obviously that's about as dumb as it gets. The owner's thing, let me just say this. Uh, Louis C.K. used to have a bit that was like, of course, but maybe. And I'm reminded of this right now with the owners thing. It's like, of course, owners should be paying for their part-time employees that are going to be hitting the wallet. Of course, of course. But maybe we shouldn't be freaking out because millionaires are giving up a hundred grand. Like, just maybe. I I don't see a problem with Kevin Love or dude Sergey Bobrovsky basically stole seventy million dollars from the Panthers. Like, <laughs> He's stolen ten. He hasn't stolen seventy. He might be good no. next year. <laughs> Listen. He's stolen $70 million. Here's what I know about goalies who are going to be turning, I think, 32 next year. Bobrovsky. Sounds they close. Get, they're not turning it around. He's not going to make good on that deal. If Sergei Bobrovsky wants to give back hundred grand of the $70 million he stole, <laughs> that's fine. Like, Just let him do it. He's a millionaire, for God's sake. Let, why can't we all just chip in? Why can't this be a situation where we're all in this together and people should be contributing even if they don't aren't of means? In my experience, people who come from less are more willing to give to people who have less. And that people who have more and that people who have hoard, who hoard and live in excess, that they are less likely to give. And so this is just kind of a natural progression to me. Of course, a kid who grew up, you know, with no money like Zion Williamson is going to say, I want to give up 100 grand. Of course, that's going to happen. That's naturally what is. He knows this kid will have been working day to day with arena staff. He's going to know those people working with them day in, day out and want to do something and make sure that people get out ahead of it. I just, I think arena owners should obviously pay. I think billionaires should have to pay. 
I saw a story that was like Whole Foods, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, <laughs> was recommending to people, to employees, that they donate their sick days to people who are actually sick. It's like, Jeff Bezos has billions and billions of dollars. What are we talking about telling people to donate things? That's asinine. Of course we should be hammering people for that stuff. But the idea that a millionaire, a multimillionaire like Blake Griffin can't get a, a hundred grand and not have Twitter meltdown, it's just, I don't know, it's just a little much. And I've seen the same tweet over and over and over again. It's like, this is nice, but it's like, all right, we get it. You want cheap internet pops. Like, relax. Just be happy that a millionaire wants to do something positive and maybe look at yourself and think, how can I do the same? Oh, you're just taking billionaires off the hook, J.D., and looking good yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's right. I stick up for the little guys. <laughs> They're the minority. They're Bezos is quite short. He does qualify as a little guy in some regards. I, I think that's correct. Uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. It's a lot of your time. Uh, we look forward to more home broadcasts, hopefully even here in Calgary for some other crown jewels in the organization. Yeah, man. Be safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. All right? It's the holy triumvirate. Be safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Talk to you later. J.D. Bunkus, good show. Sportsnet 590, The Fan in Toronto. Honestly, like quite uh, engaging and entertaining when he's not uh, crushing David Riddick. That wasn't an interview that went well, although time has passed. He's looked a little more accurate on those assessments he made in the fall. It's 527. We'll turn things around, come back. Brendan Dillon of the Washington Capitals uh, is living in a hotel in Virginia. His team was also in the same locker room as the Utah Jazz when Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, How's his day going? Find out when we come back. Sports at 960 The Fan. It is 534 on the Sports Drive at 5. Welcome to the post-sports era. My name is Ryan Pinder. Uh, yeah, maybe not post, but uh, the the paused sports era might be a better depiction of it. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, I don't know if you caught it today, Riley. We uh, usually have sports set on in the background here in our downtown studios for basement systems. Uh, just seeing what's going on on the tube. And there's often, you know, Grapefruit League baseball this time of year. Um, all kinds of events at this point of the day would be rolling. We're probably watching hockey on one of the channels right now. Did you see what Tim and Sid did today on their show? Uh, I did not see. I, I think I glanced up at one point and there was something going on, but to tell you that I knew what was going on, that would be a lie. So this is a genius idea and we should absolutely copy it. And that is the biggest compliment you can ever give someone in broadcasting when you just copy what they did. Because uh, it means it works and it's awesome and it's totally not original, but we know it's going to kick butt. They played the entire bottom of the seventh inning from the Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers, Jose Bautista Batflip game. I would watch that every day for a year, I think like I until sports is back. I think I still have it on PVR, or at least the Jays in 30 from that game. But to recall how insane that inning was. It might have been the whole inning, not even the bottom half of the inning, although the bottom was completely insane. Uh, I like we, we had the Flames roundtable starting, and I'm like, I, I, can we add eight minutes of commercials? Like, Jose is up after Donaldson. I need to – we can't talk <laughs> – we had to. So, so yeah, like, that's not what I saw going on. I think no, maybe it was, it was unbelievable. The, the commercial oh. of Tim and Sid is what I saw up on the TV. But. So, uh, yeah, if you're uh, listening, boss, uh, maybe uh, pull that from the archives. Right now, I think we're watching an old Grand Slam of curling men's final Brad, on sports. Brad Gushu against somebody. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Matt Dunstone. He's the uh, Sask skipper. That's your boy, huh? Yeah, he did pretty well this year, but couldn't quite pull it off. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so that that's an idea. 
there's been, uh, I mean, look, if, if we think that the bat toss was an iconic moment, it certainly was in Canadian sport. And oh, I've mentioned this a bunch on air. It might indeed be the highest rated moment we've had on the station, which sounds crazy because you're like, oh, Flames have been in the playoffs. What are you talking about? Like overtime games in the playoffs. But here's the difference. Overtime in the playoffs, what time of day is that happening? Like 11 like 10, 11, 9.30. Maybe you're in a different time zone. It happens at 8. A lot of people are at home. We, we know people listen to their radios. Uh, you know, the high tides are in the morning when people drive to work and in the afternoon when people drive home on weekdays. Do you recall where that game was played? Because Major League Baseball does a weird thing. They don't line everything up at night. They try to run one game into the other, starting with an afternoon game, or excuse me, a, a midday game, a matinee, afternoon game, evening game, and then a night game. That literally happened in drive, the bat flip. Like somewhere right around 5 o'clock p.m., which would be very close to the equivalent of high tide in our business. So not only were the Blue Jays on top of the world drawing like a million eyeballs a game five days a week, which is crazy. That's like Hockey Night in Canada, Leafs game, five days a week. That's what they were doing numbers-wise that that year, which I believe was 2015 because 2016 I think was the – the Edwin home run game against the Orioles when they didn't use their closer who was unhittable. Yeah, good call. Weird, weird flex. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, that 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 might be the biggest moment we've had in this station. It was pretty crazy. So they they played that again. I'd listen to that. But if we're going to do play that, like the seventh inning of the Blue Jays and the Rangers in 2015, got me thinking. Like, what else do we need to get going here? Because I feel like we could tee up a period or a moment. Let it rock live and or not live, replay it and then react to it live on air. Twenty ten golden goal. I don't know what the broadcast rights look like for that, but yes, if we have it, yes. If we're allowed to, I know we carried it, but I don't know that we still are allowed to. It's a little murkier with IOC stuff. I'm not saying we couldn't. I'm just saying I don't know. I do know that every Flames game ever we've had on these airwaves. So what about? Game six against Vancouver, where Matt Stajan has the biggest goal of arguably his career. When the Flames come back from, I want to say, what was it, three or four nothing in that game? Oh, I listened to the third period of that one. We could just roll the entire cup run just on weekends, just have games back to back to back. Yeah. Well, I don't even mean weekends. We're running out of things to do. Like <laughs> True. You, you could go a game a day. Game a day. <laughs> you, could, you could round one against Vancouver, round two against LA, round three. Who was it in uh, 89 and round three that they had to beat? Someone from the uh, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. I oh. couldn't tell you. I wasn't born yet. You gotta look it up now. It's weird. I um, know that they beat my Habs. That's all that matters. Your Habs. Yep. Gotcha. I'm writing that down. I'm not. I'm just getting comfortable with the things that you own, and the Habs apparently are one. So yeah, a point. And then oh four, you can do the same thing. Round one. Who they have in round one and oh four? You recall? Shocks. Sharks was no Sharks was conference final. They're typing away. How am I? This is like I've got brain worms all of a sudden. <laughs> we haven't talked they about Detroit sports for round so long. two, San Jose round three, Tampa round four, opening round the six seeded Flames took out the number three Canucks. Canucks. It is only Canucks again. 15, 04, 89. You get Canucks in round one. It's going to be a good playoff run. Yeah, that's the math on that one. It's 540. We'll turn around. We'll come back with Brennan Dillon. Caps defenseman uh, is in a hotel in Virginia and was just in MSG where the uh, Utah Jazz were. That's it's not the best scenario for 
self-isolation. We'll chat with him when we come back. Sports at 960 The Fan. Sports Drive at 5, brought to you by Pete the Plumber, the superheroes of plumbing and heating. Call 403-257-1766 or find them at PeteThePlumber.com for all your plumbing and heating needs. Welcome back to the Sports Drive at 5. My name is Ryan Pinder. We'll have the uh, usual-ish shows uh, next week. Pat will be back. Klein, I think we get Tuesday coming off quarantine. Uh, and that, that'll look and sound a little more normal. It's been a long time since we had that. Um, although, you know, what would be normal is being able to talk about a flame schedule. That, that certainly isn't there. Uh, we will continue the paused sport era Monday afternoon. CBS Sports will follow the sports drive at 5, which means you got uh, about 14 minutes left of uh, Calgary Sports Talk. And uh, let's go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and say hello to Brendan Dillon of the Washington Capitals, traded by the Sharks ahead of the deadline. Uh, and now, I guess, uh, what? It's It's been a crazy few days, Brendan. Walk us through this all. This is nuts. Yeah, uh, definitely a lot, of, a lot of what ifs, a lot of things going on for for all of us in, in the hockey world, not just in the NHL, but, um, you know, as, as you guys had stated, kind of at the minor hockey level, the junior hockey level, uh, pretty much all sports around the world, soccer, basketball, um, just, just a lot of, a lot of moving parts here. And, and, uh, for myself and, and the rest of the, the, the fellows here in Washington, we, uh, we were getting ready, uh, game day. We played Detroit here actually, uh, in DC. So, uh, you know, the, the night before, a lot of us are pretty in, in tune with all the, the other sports and what's going on. And, and a lot of us just at breakfast in the morning and, you know, when we're in the gym rolling out and whatever, you know, chatting about the NBA canceling their season and, and what impact that might have on us. And um, for, for myself, I'm pretty involved in, you know, the PA stuff, uh, just, just, you know, the emails and the touch base with all the reps and these types of things. And you, you did hear some rumblings that there might be some, some things going on to, to maybe whether that was, you know, you play the, the, the game that night with, with teams that had already gone to the road city and, or was it going to be something that was going to be, you know, a next two week ban for sure, a month ban. And uh, yeah, we just finished our video in the morning with the coach, uh, you know, coach Todd was, was kind of giving us a lowdown on just a normal game day. And as we were getting out of our, out of our video, uh, you know, one of the PR staff and um, you know, the, the, the GM and whatnot kind of addressed the team just saying, Hey, here's, kind of what's what's going on um you know morning skate's going to be uh not off there's going to be a one o'clock call something like that eastern time and um as of right now uh that's kind of the, the plan going forward so you guys share a facility with the washington wizards um does that you know you talked about your your role in the pa or i guess you're uh, just around some of the talking points does that make the capitals a group that the NHLPA and the NHL are even more concerned about one of these 11 clubs that share a facility with an NBA team? Well, I, I think in general, uh, we're, we're only there on game nights. So we, we practice and pregame skate at our practice rink here in Virginia, actually. So we're, we're only around there on, on game nights, but I mean, every, every facility, we were just in a trip through New York. Uh, you know, we're playing at MSG where they got the Knicks going on. They also have the Rangers, obviously. And, and so they got a lot of, of different of these these venues that that share the NBA and NHL, so uh, I think whether that's you're just passing through, you're having your gear stored there overnight while you're waiting to use a room. Uh, a lot of the away dressing rooms for the NBA and NHL are the same, and uh, just a lot of different risks and uh, kind of people crossing over on different paths and same schedules. So I think overall to kind of just have everyone take care of themselves, 
take a little breather away and, and make sure that no one's sharing uh, this kind of virus, I think was, was probably in the best interest for sure. So what does a, a normal day look like for you? I don't imagine it's uh, it's running out to go see your buddies at the gym and, and hold meetings. Like This is clearly a very different reality all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the, the whole coronavirus kind of chatter and, and back when I was in California, I think, was when it was becoming more and more um, talked about and more and more of, a, obviously, an issue and, and health concern. And I think as it got into that January, end of January, early February, more and more cases uh, kind of based out of Europe and in China there specifically. And, and then, you know, you hear about the one or two uh, flight that gets into San Francisco or Seattle and um, once I got out here to DC, I was I was obviously spending a lot of time on an air in an airport on an airplane and doing a lot of traveling. So um, whether it was family members or friends that were reaching out and like, hey, you know, are you washing your hands? Are you taking care of all these types of things? Um, you know, it just becomes more and more real. And uh, for for me now, um, I've been in a hotel room for the last two weeks, whatever it's been here, um, close to the practice rink. Um, you know, a bunch of us are. Or pretty much that's that seems to be kind of the status quo for a lot of us. No one's really leaving. No one's getting on any planes or going back. And and again, when it goes back to the what ifs, uh, we don't know if we're going to be getting back on the ice in two weeks, in a month, in a week, whatever it might be. So uh, again, lots of, lots of kind of moving parts and and just kind of get healthy, make sure you're healthy, and um, you know go from there. Caps defenseman Brendan Dillon joining us on Pinner and Steinberg here on Sports at nine sixty The Fan. Brennan, just a, a bit of a big picture question for us. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, maybe seeing the league come back at a later time and maybe even into the summer. I'm curious how it is from your perspective. You're a unrestricted free agent come July 1. Uh, and if you're talking about playing hockey past that point, what does that look like for you? Have you thought about that? Have you talked to your agent about that? Is it a, a PA thing or is that just so far out of your mind right now that you're just kind of, worried about when you'll get to play hockey again yeah well i think i think that sort of stuff um for me it's been a it's been a really unique year with with everything that went on to the trade deadline to now being in the home stretch and and being a part of a you know a really good hockey team a hockey team that's in first place and 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 looking forward to i was looking forward to to having a long run here and, and i think when something like this happens um you know there's different teams there's different players friends of mine that uh you know were unfortunately not looking like they were going to be in playoffs there was some friends of mine or guys around the league that you know were right in that thick of things uh, whether that was a point out of a wild card spot or um you know looking for home ice whatever it might be and uh, I think for for me personally, that was the the, the biggest thing on my mind. Uh, the free agency stuff, uh, you know, that stuff's going to happen when it happens, and um, I'm sure just with with the uncertainty of, of when the the, the regular season is going to continue, how playoffs are going to get sorted out, um, you know, just talking amongst the guys on the team here in Washington, um, we're, we're we're pretty certain that things are going to get back and, and running hopefully sooner than later. But, um, to, you know, we're, we're trying to, to do your best, whether that's at home or, you know, you're in your hotel gym or whatever it might be trying to lift a couple of weights here and there and, and try and keep in shape as best you can, but at the same time being as safe and healthy as you can. And, and I think for a lot of players around the league, um, you know, whether that's their families, uh, guys with young kids, whatever it might be, um, trying to first and foremost, make sure they're safe and, um, I think for every team, for you know myself included, having you know the fans, so you, you know there was talks that there was going to be games where there was no one in attendance, and 
Um, I don't know if that's again, who, who knows what the best course of action is going to be. Um, but, but hopefully everyone can, can be safe in the, in the long run. Brendan Dillon joining us, uh, caps defenseman. All right. Give us, give us the list. What's, uh, you're at a hotel, which complicates matters, you know, yeah, traded. But is there a, is there a must? Uh, do you have like a power rankings of of TV shows you're ready to binge watch? Do you, are you ready to Are you ready to fest to the to the guilty pleasures? Oh man! Well, I mean, between Netflix and HBO Go, uh, the, the laptop. Uh, I've got a little bit of the everything on the go. I mean, I um, I don't even know where to where to start on that. I was in Better Call Saul the other night. I've been watching that Gabriel Fernandez. Uh, I think the new one, their Netflix original. Um, you know, again, just <laughs> watching a little bit of hockey on your, you know, from previous games, whatever it might be, just to keep that in the back of your mind too. And then then again, just just trying to keep yourself busy. I might I might have to pop down to the local Best Buy and grab an Xbox or PlayStation Four to <laughs> keep myself entertained here. Because again, uh, we're not really sure how long this is going to be. And um, again, you know, even for us, uh, there's there's lots of your teammates that are around too. But but again, you want to make sure everyone's uh, healthy first and foremost, and and then we can go from there. Brendan, thanks for the time. Do appreciate it, man. Very kind of you to share some with us, and uh, we we hope you avoid the stir craziness and uh, that the boredom subsides quickly, uh, rather than uh, you know dragging on into the spring. Yeah, feel free to give us a call if you need something to do, Brendan. <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said, these uh, the four walls here at this hotel will have to do for now. And uh, if I need anything else, uh, definitely I'll let you know. And then, since I got a couple things I got to take up from you from the last one. So, yep. <laughs> round of beers when we're allowed to be in public. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. No worries, boys. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. There's Brendan Dillon from the Washington Capitals. Oh, man. Hotel room in Virginia. Traded. It's not even home. Oh, and yeah, they, uh, they visited the same locker room within 24 hours of Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. We thank him a ton. Uh, for joining us here. That does it for the Sports Drive at 5. CBS Sports coming up next. We'll be back to normal-ish on Monday, at least from a programming uh, talent perspective. Uh, Be safe out there, and if you can limit your exposure to other humans, it's probably a good idea here as we all try to uh, flatten out the curve on this pandemic with the coronavirus. My name is Ryan Pinder for Riley Pollock and Logan Gordon. Thanks for listening.